And welcome back to Insemination, the podcast that is all things donor-conceived. My name is Laura High, your chaotic sperm donor baby of the podcast world, and chaotic is absolutely the right choice and the right, right word because my posting schedule has been chaos. I apologize, everyone. I know that like my posting schedule has just been not exactly consistent, and I know that that's like what you need to have a successful podcast is like, you know, be consistent, and I've just not been. I'm really sorry. I promise it's been for really good things. Um, Lots of amazing opportunities and stories and everything. It's just a lot of amazing work has come my way and I've just had my hands full. So I really appreciate your patience and I promise I'll get back on a normal regimented posting schedule soon. Uh, But in the meantime, I've got a great episode for you. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic guest. We've got Kenzie, who is a family building coach and a licensed clinical social worker. And Kenzie is going to be here talking to us about what she does and maybe helping some of us out because she helps recipient parents um, and anybody who is needing kind of like assistant reproductive help to making decisions that are child-centered. We love that. So there's going to be a lot of talks about fertility trauma and all of those very important things that we need to discuss. Now, before we get to the episode, I do need to give it a disclaimer out. I want to make sure there's a little bit of a trigger warning. About 34 minutes in for about 15 minutes, let's say 15 for safety, um, we discuss miscarriages. And it's a very important discussion that we're having, but there is a little bit of graphic language. So if anybody has had a miscarriage or uh, talking about miscarriages is just, as I said, a little triggering, I would say just maybe skip get to 34 minutes in and maybe just skip 10, 15 minutes just for your own safety. Um, and then I promise we really don't talk about it any other time, but I, you know, just be careful with yourself. You know, your emotions are valid. Your safety is valid. So just be aware. Um, anyway, okay. Let's do a little housekeeping though. I am, please, what am I doing? Oh yes. Uh, like and subscribe to the podcast. That would be really helpful. Um, if you haven't subscribed to it, please do. Um, the podcast is on all podcasty places. And like, comment, review it. It just, it really helps us out. Also, remember, we tape the entire thing and we throw it on YouTube. So there's a video if you would rather a video. If you do not follow me on social media, at Laura High Five everywhere please do that would mean a lot uh that always helps out and also if you follow me on instagram that's where my show schedule usually ends up um because i'm not just a donor conceived advocate i'm a stand-up comedian so please come to my shows i am headlining at the end of january in washington dc i will have my my tickets up available on my website www.laurahigh5.com let's let's give me to the end of friday maybe saturday um but if you can't make the end of january to my show don't worry about it i'm gonna be headlining in dc at a different venue mid-april you got plenty of chances to see me dc Uh, but i've got a lot of great shows coming up so i promise i will update my calendar tomorrow i will do that that's a goal tomorrow it will go on my goal calendar that i you know color coordinate it's very fun um yeah i think that's it i think that's it i think we're good I think we're happy. I hope we're happy. Get a glass of water if that's if you're in a place to get a glass of water. Um, if you're driving, obviously don't do that. Maybe like wherever you go, then go get a glass of water if that's available to you. But I think we're good. I think we're good. Yes. I think I think that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Let's get to the episode, guys. Well, welcome to the podcast, Kenzie. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. I'm glad we can make this look really organized because for everybody listening, we just had the most unorganized morning and Kenzie <laughs> was incredibly patient with us as uh, we were 
desperately trying to get everything ready. It was it was a bit of a wild, wacky morning. Okay. So thank you for your patience. I, I appreciate have, it. I got to have my morning with Laura High. It's fine. <laughs> we you met my dog, you met my cat. It was all it was all fun. It's lovely. Um, well, I'm so excited to have you on because you have a particular perspective. Um, and I think that it's always good for us to fully understand the uh, fertility industry as a whole. We need to listen to everybody who kind of works tangentially with it. Um, and with how many like intended recipient parents and recipient parents you talk to, I think that it's you, you have a multitude of experience and stories, which I think is really important to hear. But I'd love to start from kind of the beginning of uh, of how you got into this business, what your training is in, just so everyone can, you know, kind of get to know you. Sure. I'm a licensed clinical social worker out of New York, and I consider myself now a family building coach. I've acted as a therapist uh, for years. And I started out um, really going into social work school thinking I would work in adoption. Uh, I, I did go on to work in adoption for a number of years in various stages, uh, working with everybody in the adoption constellation mm-hmm. and with many hats at a nonprofit. Uh, and while I was working there, mainly working with prospective adoptive parents who were in their wait and struggling through the wait while also struggling through their values and their ethics and their family and opinions of other people and all the heavy stuff that doesn't really get talked about, um, you know, in the hashtag adoption is love kind of world. So the the idea of realizing like there's this whole this there's this giant wall of like mold and mildew that we just sort of like put a curtain over and we're just like adoption is beautiful. Everything's fine. Yes. And then, you know, working with people at various stages and ages and yeah, where it's like, huh. So all this stuff adoptees have been saying is true. Imagine that. Imagine, imagine the people imagine with the lived experience. That. And I was a therapist to adoptees <laughs> as well as prior. I was I was helping adoptees yeah. and birth parents get their their histories. And so you know, with non identifying information, and you know, people finding out that they were adopted at their parents' funerals, and calling and me giving oh my the God. information. Yeah. Oh. And me being like, so you're a birth mom, and you're a birth dad, and you know, you're a grandma, and all this stuff, and giving them this information, and and sort of walking them through the emotional side of getting a lot of information, a lot of unidentified information, uh, helping people get on the registry, and then being the one to call and say, hey, there's been a match to you know a sibling, a parent. And so I, I've just had a lot of interesting um, perspectives on top of mainly then working with prospective adoptive parents around Whoa. navigating all of that. Um, okay. So you got kind of um, – so you unfortunately I think sort of that oh, – edit that, Laura. Um, <laughs> so you kind of got really like sort of hit in the face of like, oh, this industry has some very serious problems. All the family building has very serious problems. Yeah. And that certainly – and I, I kind of knew that going into it. I'm an information seeker, and I, I think families in general have a lot of problems. Um, so What? <laughs> right? We're all in dynamics that are interesting. So I, I sort of knew it going into it, but like talking to a 90-year-old like who's like, I just want to know the names of my biological parents. Like – and not yeah. being able to give it <laughs> like yeah. it's you know like it, it, that's a it, hard place it, I, to be in. yeah and so in, in doing that and then talking to people in their weights and hearing about you know having eight miscarriages going through <gasps> you know hundreds of thousands of dollars of IVF um, yeah. gay couples who want kids and and struggling with families who you know don't agree with that single parents by choice who tried so hard like to to get and to get into this place and then are sitting here for years all of that I I had such compassion for it. And that's where I felt connected to the work was like 
people want to be parents and they are walking through a really complicated road yeah. if this isn't going to happen. Big quotes around the word natural or unassisted. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's just so much to walk through and figure out and navigate. And it's not something you're brought up knowing unless you came out of that. It's very hidden. Yeah. It's very hidden on how this works. Mm-hmm. And I and it's tough because it's like I I really I want anybody who wants to be a parent. I I you know, obviously for, you know, who are, and, and this is a tough thing because obviously there, there are people who shouldn't be parents. Oh yeah, I'm with uh, you. There shouldn't be parents. Uh, so, you know, I, I acknowledging that, but it's like, I, if you want to be a parent, I want you to have the, the shot, the chance to be a parent. Right. I think that that's a normal, natural urge and it's in the same way that's normal and natural to not want to be a parent. For sure. And I, and I totally get that, like, you know, that want and that desire and, like, I'd love to make this happen. And so, like, I totally feel for those recipient parents. Me too. And, uh, and you know, all, all of those parents. Right. And several of them were also going through donor conception at the yeah. same time and, like, trying to navigate multiple pathways yeah. and the multiple ethical challenges with multiple pathways and, yeah. and you know, going through that. And I, I loved doing the work and I loved the, the deeply difficult conversations I was getting to have around, like mm-hmm. – how do we center a child in all of this? And yeah. like you're making a decision right now that is it feels temporary to you, but it's permanent for your child. So we need to really think about this future child who at this point does not exist. And you need to take into consideration what is it going to be like to sit across from a six year old or a 16 year old or a 36 year old and discuss the decision you're making right now, which you're saying it's no big deal. I'm going to love them Ooh, enough to not care about that. That's powerful. So those were the conversations I was just I, I just loving. Take, I need to take a second with that. <laughs> the fact that you were putting into the word saying, like, I need you to discuss the decisions that you are making right now with your future 36-year-old. Mm-hmm. Like, that's powerful it because I because it. people just don't they don't they're like they just think about the baby the baby that's what I was gonna say exactly they think the baby is the finish line yeah. the baby is not the finish line no the baby is like the point where you stop and get a little water but like you have to keep the marathon going it's and now like, you have a, a kid with you commitment. it's a thousand percent and like if any of the people I've worked with are listening to this they're gonna be like she said this nonstop. but I was such a broken record of the state you are in right now the discomfort you are in right now is temporary parenting is forever so you need to think about your future yes. self as a parent and you need yes. to think about your child That's it. And people would come back and be like, oh, this decision no longer feels so hard because it's clear that I can't do X or I have to do Y because my child deserves that. And when you try to remove some of that temporary discomfort, which is very, very real and like and the trauma that it's all real. But like when you think through how am I going to sit down across from somebody with a full blown identity Who's Autonomy, got, everything, a full lived right. experience. If they say to me, you made an unethical decision and you knew you were doing it. Mm-hmm. How's that going to feel? What's that going to be like for your relationship? Yep. And so I found myself just having these conversations, which were really not part of my job. <laughs> but it, it it was not part of my job. But it was I, I always say it was the one of the honors of my life to to walk with people as they became parents. And this was one of the heavy weights kind of on the shoulders yeah. that like I was like, I can't walk people into parenthood. And sleep at night thinking, like, I should have said this to them. Mm-hmm. And I decided not to. And I decided to, you know, put a big bow on everything. Like, no, this is – this is these are real people that you are parenting. This isn't a Build-A-Bear you're getting. Exactly. And so – They're only a baby for a very short time. They're right. an adult 
for the majority of their life. Right. And it's it's hard enough to be a human. Like, let's try to let you. I know that's so silly, but like we need to we need to support our we need to support these people like these are they're not they're babies for, like you said, a very short period, very short period. And the questions start really young. And if you are not prepared to explain how they came to be in your family, they shouldn't come to your family that way. And that's yes. really – that's not what most people, I think, in this field want to say, and that's kind of where I go. So I loved having those conversations. Um, I loved the work I was doing, and also I was working in a nonprofit. You have fewer and fewer of those conversations, you know, the longer mm-hmm. you work in a nonprofit because there's other responsibilities. Uh, and so at night, I, like, started playing around with this idea um, that eventually became my organization, Grow Forth Family Building, uh, playing around, playing around at all hours with it, and – for about, I guess, two years before I, you know, left my job and launched uh, and not really sure, like, at the time Mm -hmm. of what it was going to be, but it turned into what I call family building coaching. So essentially, if I'm working with anybody who is coming to parenthood on a pathway to parenthood in an assisted way. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, donor conception, of course, adoption, surrogacy, fertility treatments, anything like that, I will work with them um, happily. And so, that could look like couples going through infertility. It could look like LGBTQ couples. It can look like single parents by choice. It can look like, hey, one of us has a genetic condition and we're concerned about just, you know, running off and making a baby. And so we're considering other pathways. It, it can really look like anything. Um, but really, really what I'm talking about with folks is around a particular set of concerns. And so Often it's around the idea of the support system that you're coming to this with, um, setting boundaries with those who are coming to you telling you, you know, you can't do it that way. Don't tell your child they're donor conceived because that's wild. You know, we don't want to other them more. Right. It makes things confusing, like those kind of people. Um, The people going through, you know, multiple rounds of fertility treatment and people showing up with toxic positivity of, you know, just adopt. It'll be easier. Everything will be fine. Stop complaining so much. Be grateful you can get pregnant even though you keep having miscarriages. Like, if that's your support system, you don't really have a supportive support system. And how do we navigate that? Because you need a support system. And furthermore, when you actually hopefully go on to have a child in your family, they deserve the support system Mm -hmm. that doesn't show up in that way for them around how they came to be in your family. And so that's kind of a leg. And then the other leg is really around making these hard decisions based on your values, learning about the ethical choices and facing that. And so that can also look a lot like, you know, do I choose an anonymous donor? Do I worry about this particular bank that is, you know, advertising really big in my area, but I'm hearing some rumblings? Like, what do we do with that? Um, this adoption consultant said they're super helpful and they can have a baby in my arms within two months. Does that sound normal? Like, no. <laughs> I, I think like that kind of a thing. I, I do think that this really goes to an issue that I tackle a lot on, um, I would say on social media is because there are so the, the, the fertility industry, the cryobanks and the clinics have gone on hyperdrive when it comes to advertising to re- intended recipient parents. Mm-hmm. And you can't, you can't swipe without fucking seeing They're everywhere. Um, either recruiting donors or advertising for recipient parents, and they make it seem like, oh my god, look at this! This is so easy. It was so nice. Look at all of the testing that they do. Mm-hmm. They make it so simple for you. They tie it up in a nice, neat little bow, and you see, um, 
influencers you see um uh you you see the banks obviously advertising for themselves you see donors you see everybody advertising for these people and it's scary it's scary because it's and it and it's always that thing where it it's like i mean as you know as people who are talking to i would say recipient parents who did go to those banks did go to those clinics and we know what happens Mm -hmm. and with the we know we understand the lack of regulations and it's like what these people are promising you is not accurate it's they're using some very flowering language and it's very and I, and, and I want to say, like, I think a lot of the the influencers who are advertising for all of these places, I don't I genuinely don't think they know what's going on. Like, I don't right. think that this is a malicious thing. I think no. they, they just don't know. Mm-hmm. But I think that this is something where. Eventually, somebody who used your coupon code or used your link is going to contact you going, my child is part of a pot of 100. Mm-hmm. My child has been in and out of hospitals. I trusted you. I used your code. Mm hmm. And now this is where I am. I agree. And I think that people need to be very careful and think about who they listen to and really ask, is this person getting a commission? Are they getting paid by this bank? Are they getting paid by this clinic? This is an advertisement. Right. You need to check your sources and talk to, as you sort of pointed out, people with the lived experience. As Mm -hmm. you say, like, oh, wow, adoptees have been right this whole time. Mm -hmm. You need to listen to donor-conceived people. Absolutely. And... They're out there. They're out <laughs> like, there. We're it's here. not that you're like waving your arms and dressing up as like sperm in a cup. Like you're Literally. you're out here outside I'm of very ASRM. <laughs> right. Which is so necessary to yeah. fight up against advertising dollars. Big yeah. advertising yes. dollars. And on top of just flowery language, they are playing into the fears of RPs. They yes. are playing God, into they do. the fear. And oh my God. Uh, that's it's horrible. the biggest that's those are the DMs I'm getting. Is yeah. is often like and they're they're playing into the fears of RPs and they're playing into the misconceptions that RPs support systems are then coming back at them with. So like your child will be confused. They don't need to know who their don you know who your donor is. Mm-hmm. They it's confusing. You know, they let those donors run off and live their lives. They gave you a gift of life. And you just parent and you don't have to worry about, you know, talking to them about mm-hmm. it. And, you know, buy one little book, put it on their bookshelf and Maybe they'll pick it up one day and be interested, but, like, you don't have to worry too much. And you're going to give all the love that your child ever needs. Right. And it's all the love. All the love. And yeah. it's, like, and it's not to say that, like, you're not going to love your child. Of course you're going to yes. love your child. But it's also, you, what does, how does your, but it, it completely washes away everything about how your child might feel about their donor conception. Because yep. right now you are trying to simplify something that cannot be simplified. Exactly. And I, I have conversations around that when, when folks are like, well, we are going to disclose early and yes. often. I'm always like, you got to remember that often. It's not the just often, early. Yeah. Because then they won't care that they're donor conceived. And I'm like, no, no, no. The goal is not that your child doesn't care that they're donor conceived. The goal is that they know that they can talk to you and process their emotions along with you and trust that you can handle whatever feelings they have it's yeah. not the goal is never to have a child who doesn't care about their identity it's it's a piece of their identity yeah i mean there are some donor conceived people who like their donor conception is something that like it doesn't 
interest them into following more which is like totally valid but I do but I I have so many recipient parents who I've gotten into fights with who are like my child does not care that their donor conceived and I'm like one how old is your child they're four I'm like okay maybe you give the kid a little bit more time they care about play-doh right now (laughs) they care about play-doh like speaking as somebody who didn't care about their donor conception (laughs) until like I didn't give a shit until I was probably in my 20s late 20s and then I became, of course, hyper fixated when I was in when I turned thirty. Mm-hmm. So it's like, guys, I didn't care. Right. I was for I was fine with anonymous donation up until the age of thirty. Yeah, people change their minds. Right, make and space for that. That's normal. Like yeah. that's we change. We all change our minds about a lot of things. Like that's normal. <laughs> As you should. Right. You shouldn't have like, the same views when you were five. Right. Your like five year old special interest is not going to be your you know special interest later. So why should your feelings on your identity be the same? Like to be fair, I still care about dinosaurs. I mean, I really they're I, really important. They're very important. Okay. <laughs> all right. Anybody who grew up with like land before time, I care about my dinosaurs. Okay. I really really liked land before time too it is the best but also really really traumatic it is so traumatic <laughs> i feel like all of those movies within that time i was just like oh this is why we need so much like mental health yeah. right now because i'm like these goddamn movies my personality <laughs> has been compared to ducky on multiple occasions and i really i i see ducky and myself and myself can, and ducky yeah. so i get it i love ducky is yeah, great ducky's really important ducky's so, amazing but, but we should expect that identity changes and it, it changes at different ages it cha- and it also changes at different stages in your life plenty yes. of people they're like they want to go have a kid and suddenly they really care that they were donor conceived like mm-hmm. you know th- things ch- and then that that care may shift over time yes. like we need to expect that and there's nothing wrong with never hitting a point where this really matters to you. And it's yeah. there's never there's nothing wrong with hitting a point where it's always mattered to you. Like, but we need to make yes. space and we need to have our peas expect that your child's feelings on this are their feelings and you cannot predict what that is going to look like. So you need to be prepared yep. to support them in whatever that's gonna look like. That's important. Well, and it's I I get messages from and we have so we have donor conceived people within our within our groups who are like my parents don't know yet that i know that i'm donor conceived and i'm like so for those recipient parents oh your kids find us they find out also i get messages from donor conceived people who are like i can't talk to my family about this they don't want to hear it what can i do i need i need community i need support how can i get them to listen or I just need to talk to people in my community because I can't talk to my parents. Yeah. Um, and so those are conversations I have every fucking day. And then, like, I got a comment literally on a video that said, I'm donor conceived. I didn't know it was okay for me to want to find my donor. I've always wanted to know where I came from. Right. And that broke my heart. Right. Going like, oh, my God, baby, of course you can. Do, you This is your donor conception. Absolutely. Who told you you couldn't? Point right. me and I'll yell at them. <laughs> right. Who said that? But that's, I think that so goes to, like, the crux of the issue, right? Because yeah. And back to, like, shaming banks and things like that around. Fuck their, you, banks. <laughs> it's, it's like. You're playing into this fear for yes, RPs of like really your are. child is going to want to find their donor if they have access to their donor or they know about it. And your goal should be that they don't care about being donor conceived. And so then the messaging that this child gets, even if it's very covert messaging, like kids are smart. They know what what yep. makes their parents uncomfortable. And so the message becomes we don't talk about this. Even if it's never been said, we don't talk about this. The message we don't becomes, talk about we don't Bruno. Talk- 
1,000%. He's living in your walls, but you don't talk about him. Spoiler alert. Mm -hmm. But it's it becomes that. And yep. so you then have people who are turning to TikTok and Instagram comments of like, wait, am I allowed to talk about this? Because yep. they assume that nobody is talking about this. Yeah. Because it's been so ingrained in them that your parent can't handle you talking about this. Yeah. And kids, no, and kids, adult kids, kids of all ages want to protect their parents. We don't want to upset our yep. parents. We are brought up that way. And so we don't talk about the things that they don't want to talk about, even if we desperately need to talk about those things. And uh -huh. your parents should be the people you feel safest talking about hard things. That with, should and be your safe space. I, right. Well, I got another comment literally I, two days ago that said, I've always wanted to take a DNA test, but I don't want to rock the boat with my family. Yep. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. And it, I, I messaged back and I was like, look, I was like, however, I'm like, look, taking the, the DNA test, that is a very personal decision. Yep. That is a person. If you don't want to do that, if that does not interest you, that is OK. I fully support that. But that choice should come from you, yep. not the influence of the people around you. Right. You did not choose to be donor conceived. The people around you, your parents chose donor conception. Yep. And if they are shaming you to not talk about a decision that they made, that's not OK. Mm -hmm. This is your decision, baby. Like you, this is you. It's your DNA. It's your DNA. Whatever you choose is good and it's okay, but make sure it comes from you right. and not your recipient parents. And I, and it's always something when I talk to recipient parents, it's like you're, with how also vocal donor conceived people are becoming now, so massively vocal. Uh, and it's picking up tremendously. I mean, this is this is a massive, like, you know, giant snowball tumbling down the mountain. They're going to find us mm -hmm. and they're going to find us and realize, oh, those feelings that I've kept deep hidden within me, it is OK. And I have my community telling me it's OK that I can express this. Mm -hmm. They're going to find out right. they're going to hear like it's going to happen. And I and it also when you say like, you know, we don't talk about it, it's fine or they don't feel anything about their donor conception. That's half of their DNA. You're putting a shame on half of your child's body. Absolutely. And how they came to be in your family. You it's chose both. This. It's are you ashamed of how they came to be in your yes. family? And, and many people are like, no, I'm not. And it's like, but the, you have to think about how you feel. Really. <laughs> and like, sorry, but really. But and really. Let's I'm get... a therapist. Like what's under the, like what's in the onion. But you have to think about that. But also the messages that you're sending. I've had people be like, well, they don't bring it up. So they don't care. And I'm like, yes. it's oh, not the their time. job to always you're bring it parent. up. By not bringing it up, you are sending a message. You may not be meaning to. No, totally. You may be totally fine if they bring it up, but they don't know you'll be totally fine. And so. And they're hyper aware. Like I knew I was very scared to bring up my questions. Mm -hmm. And and this was something that I sort of had to process over over time was like, I never brought up these questions because I was so hyper scared that I'm like, oh my God, I'm gonna hurt my dad. I'm gonna hurt my right. mom. And now obviously as I got older, uh, I've become quite vocal. <laughs> I don't know if Just a little. Just a little bit. <laughs> and in that process, my parents have become like my two biggest cheerleaders. Right. Um, but that was something like I didn't feel comfortable with until I got way older to do that. Right. And it's and it's something where it's like recipient parents, you have to remind them that this is okay because donor can see people en masse are so hyper aware that like I can't bring this up. Mm -hmm. Is this okay to bring up? I'm I don't want to hurt my parents' feelings right. on this. Um and you have to like go like, hey, are you know this is okay if you want to do this? Right. Like you have to right. do just it. Just a little like by the way, yeah. I'm really in a 
good place to talk to you about your conception and mm-hmm. how you came to be in our family and about being donor conceived. And I am here to listen to whatever you want to talk about in that topic, by the way. And like, it, it's not like a, it doesn't need to be a, um, oh, what's the word? Like a big f- family intervention. Like yeah. it's just like you're driving in the car. It needs to be normal. By the way. And then you do it here and there. Like, you yeah. d- you know, you you bring it up again, even if they're like, no, nah, I don't want to talk about that. OK, just so you know, we it's can always too- talk about it. We are, you know, if you're a two parent family, we are both fine with it. We both are. We both came to a, you know, a real understanding around this yeah. before we did it. And your identity and your feelings on this subject matter to us. So we always want to hear it. And. If they say no, great. But you've planted the seed of, okay, my parents can handle this. Yes. And that's everything. Kids remember that. Even if they're sitting there not yeah. listening, it, they're listening. And it it matters. And you keep this messaging going. It becomes part of how they see their family and how they see you as your parents, as their parents. And so, you know, that's what I, I want to help people get to. I, I Basically, I'm working with folks who are, you know, before typically the mm-hmm. conception point. And they're playing around with all these different pathways or they're on a pathway, but they're not sure about it. And they're trying to figure out, you know, how do I do this right is often the feeling. How do I do this right? And I'm like, there's like I don't have a magic recipe, but I can I can tell you what I have found to be best practice from learning from experts. This is not a put yourself in your child's shoes and walk in those. Go look at the people who've been walking around these shoes for 30, 40 years longer and and listen to them, you know. Go read the We Are Donor Conceived surveys. Like, go and look at the work that exists. Listen to the podcast. Follow people. And if you start feeling uncomfortable by by what DCPs are saying, you need to sit on that. Like, that's what you need to be looking at. And you, but what you don't need to be looking at is what the cryobanks are saying donor conception is for your child. Like, that's not the information that's going to help you raise your child. That's what not... the, the the banks that are making millions of right. dollars, maybe they might not be saying right. something that is actually good for you, but good for their bottom line. Imagine what? that. Right. The, Imagine you know, the, the people who have egg donors dancing around with, with Prada bags on TikTok, like maybe they're not the ones to give you advice on how to raise a DCP. And mm-hmm. so ta- <laughs> like they're not the ones to give you the language of, you know, like dibblings are so cute. Like, no, we need to. I love the eye roll. Thank you. It's, <laughs> it's just like, but like we need to be seeking the information I, I that think makes probably, us uncomfortable. <laughs> even for the people who are not watching the podcast, I, you, you could hear my eye roll at that. Yeah, you could hear it. You could hear it. It's it, there's so much information and there's if you look for it, but what you will find may make you uncomfortable yeah. and you need to go into it going, I might be uncomfortable with what I find here. And that's okay. Sit in the you, uncomfortable. I promise it'll be okay. It's going to be okay. You're, you can handle the uncomfortable. And yeah. if you feel like you can't handle the uncomfortable, there are people like me, like others who can yeah. help you process the uncomfortable. Yeah. It, it doesn't mean we, we turn off our phones and go back to looking at like cute animals all the time. Like we, we need to sit with, this is a huge decision. And so- yeah. That's kind of really where I come in of like I'm really a believer of if we can support folks before they make these decisions or at least early on in their decision. Education is everything. It's everything. everything. And you will be a better parent to your child for it. And you will feel better because I do believe that a lot of – and a lot of the recipient parents that I talk to who are like – I'm really scared because I'm going to be the non-biological parent. Mm -hmm. I'm really scared that my child's going to look at me differently. Mm -hmm. And I talk to them a lot and I'm like – one, you don't want to live in that fucking fear your entire life. Right. I'm like, you don't you don't want to do that. And it's like you you got and what I tell them, I'm like, 
you have to trust yourself as a parent. Mm -hmm. Children are smart. They know who's picking them up from school. They know who's driving them to soccer practice. They know who's making the cupcakes for their birthday party. They know who they know that. Right. And if you're there putting in the time, putting in the emotional energy, making that safe space and being a good parent, you have nothing to worry about. Trust that you love your child and trust that you are actively loving it, Mm -hmm. loving that child. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, and, and I've said this so many times, but it's like, as somebody whose dad is like, I'm not biologically related to, I'm like, there's never been a time in my life where I've never looked at my dad as not my dad. And I've gotten into some screaming matches with my father and right. him and I have had um, a tough, we've had some rough patches here and there, uh, not because of the donor conception, sure. but it's like never in my life ever have I ever looked at my dad and been like, oh, you're not my real dad. Never even crossed my mind. Yeah. And so trust your kid and trust your parenting. Mm-hmm. And like th- this is work that everyone can be actively doing along yeah. the way. And, you know, I-, I always am off of like there are no perfect parents. Right. No. Like and-, and I think the bar, all parents screw up. It's like what you're supposed to do. And we are all learning and growing. And, you know, you don't have experience until you have experience. Yeah. But like actively working toward doing this the best you can and putting your child's needs above your vulnerabilities is so important like this putting your child's needs before your own fears yeah well that's like i ask people i'm like what is your secret fear here because everybody's got one yeah and around family building like what are you afraid is going to happen and like it's like you said it's often like they're gonna get mad at me and say i'm not their real you know mom real dad and it's like okay so let's Let's walk on down that road. Like your teenager acts like a a teenager and they say they hit the button that hurts you. Like, what are we going to do? Because you got to parent through that. Like that's still parenting and we got to parent through it. And so teenagers are dicks. Like we've all. I was horrible. (laughs) Teenagers are awful. Like they're going to throw stones no matter what. And that's just a stone they're going to throw at you. Right. And like processing your way through that beforehand can only help you and help them. Yeah. And everybody's got fears there's room for every emotion i'm always i'm constantly screaming on instagram your emotions are valid whatever they are they are valid and people telling you not to feel them they're wrong because i'm a therapist and people come to me and they're like i feel bad that i feel guilty about a a baby announcement and i'm like nah girl like your your feelings are real valid right now but it's emotions are valid your emotions are valid your child's emotions are valid and we need to make room for all of it and it's it's your job to support your child in weird. Their emotions. Weird. That's weird. I don't get. I, weird. I don't know. Mm. That's so weird. What's weird? Making space for oh, all making emotions. Space for emotions. Saying, yeah, it's I so just. Weird. I'm what so weird. What are we doing here? What I don't are we get doing? It. That's so different than what the multi-billion-dollar industry says. I just don't right. understand. They're like everything will be fine and happy and jolly, and you have a baby who looks like you know you both, and you're fine. I mean, not to mention, I mean, I've the recipient parents who have a donor conceived child and lo and behold, genetics kick in for a fun and for for some fun. And the child looks more like the donor. Mm-hmm. Like and and that brings in I'm like you recipient parents like you're not ready for that whole batch of trauma. Now, yeah. are you? Because yeah. that happens yep. all the fucking time. Yep. We we need to be making informed decisions. And so when I'm talking to folks about yeah. decisions, it's just I am here to help you make an informed one. If you are looking at all these pathways and you're like, none of this feels great, there's a reason. And we need to make informed decisions about that. Like, this is not a one-size-fits-all. And there is 
there is so much behind the curtain. You know what I mean? There's so much. The, the Wizard of Oz is back there. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, when we talk about peeling the curtain back of the fertility industry, yeah. it, the the chaos that is there. And that's what I've been actively trying to do is like Same. pull that curtain back and go yeah. like, guys, like this is what well, and kind of like my new metaphor that I've been sort of working with is the fertility industry on how they they currently stand is they put all the recipient parents, the donors and donor conceived people on a roulette wheel. And you might get lucky. Everything mm -hmm. might just literally work out and it's fine. Mm -hmm. You also may experience horrific tragedy. Be due to the fertility industry, fertility industry's negligence or malevolence. Mm -hmm. You don't know where you're going to goddamn land. Mm -hmm. We have to stop the roulette wheel. No one should be on a roulette wheel. No. We need good ethical regulations. We need this to be child-centered. No one deserves to be on the fucking roulette wheel. No, especially kids. Like, especially, especially kids. The kids. They, didn't, they didn't choose this, no. this method. Everybody else was an adult who had the ability to go and seek more information here. Like, we need to put a child at the center well what i would love to ask you and obviously i want to be sensitive to private information but i would love to hear some of the stories that like you went through with some of your recipient parents um you know kind of dealing with the banks and the clinics just to give people a little bit more of like in case we we have recipient parents or intended recipient parents going like oh my god i'm experiencing that too yeah so i'd rather not talk about like clients but i'm happy to talk totally. about dms if that's okay and, oh my like, god yeah, brief yeah. things like I, that i don't want to like yeah yeah people no, no. don't want to talk to me no, no no of course but like you know i've had just dms and, and lengthy conversations it sounds like like you do where you know yeah. you have like an ongoing relationship with somebody mm -hmm. you just become you know completely just adored who's in your dms oh yeah no i i now there there's some recipient parents that i'm dming almost every single yeah. day catching like making sure like how are you guys doing are you all right do you have the resources yep. how is it going yeah like yeah no it's can like i get a baby picture yeah no we, we've, we've developed full-on <laughs> yep. um relationships yep. now yeah it's i i think back to one in particular she's gonna listen to this and be like she's talking about me but hi who, hi but it, like who had a, a later miscarriage, very traumatic. Oh my God. And essentially like at her next visit, they were like, you should use donor eggs. And like took somebody who just had a really traumatic experience and was like, here's a brochure about donor eggs. Here's like, here's a booklet. Let's pick a donor. And like, that was the counseling. That was the counseling around it. Like that sounded me? like that was it. And maybe there was like someone, one other session, but like it, someone who just had a miscarriage just had it. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. And donor eggs. Yes, donor egg. And oh my god. So, and and like you're traumatized. Like yeah. they, even like talking about like let's just go get you pregnant again. It, it, I was like, this is I, I, like I will never forget this conversation. And. I've then heard very similar – like, actually, the person hearing this is not going to know it's her because I've had the same conversation with two other people where it just sounds like you've, you know, you've done this. Something terrible has happened. Your baby died. And let's, you know, let's move on. Let's oh my do, God. use donor eggs, donor sperm, donor embryos. Let's move on to this. And, like – Oh, the decision that I get to market and profit off of a lot more. Let's Let's capitalize off of your tra traumatic it. incident. That is mm -hmm. it. And I've had conversations mm -hmm. with, you know, fertility doctors on Instagram, popular ones, <laughs> popular ones, to be like, when somebody has a loss – and you are, you know, like from typically from like IVF and they've already, you know, they've been with you already. Do you automatically talk about a referral to a therapist who practices in, you know, infertility and, and baby death? And they're like, no, that would be insulting. 
not everybody needs a therapist. And I'm like, right, but you're not requiring it. Like, are you, but are you offering it? No, but they, they know that they can ask us. And I'm like, first oh of all, my. most clinics don't have a therapist. Oh my God. I'm going to throw up. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to. And I got into, I got into it. <laughs> if you're listening, Laura has bent over the table. <laughs> Keep going. I'm yeah. gonna keep talking. Laura's just gonna go throw up. <laughs> but like one? telling me that it's insulting to offer somebody mental health care who has literally just had their baby die, and I'm like, are you so detached? Oh and there are plenty of really good fertility doctors on Instagram that I've interacted with who are like, yes, automatic referral, like easy. But some who told me it's insulting to send somebody to somebody who is trained to process trauma with them before diving into another cycle of like, yeah, you just gave birth on your shower floor. And then went to a hospital and had a whole experience. I'm sorry, trigger warning. But, like, you've had a whole traumatic experience for a baby you fought for. No, we, you don't need a referral to mental health. It's like these people then think that their traumatic response is abnormal. <laughs> because And that there's no support. Laura's freaking out, guys, if you're listening. <laughs> I'm like, I'm traumatized by right, this. But like, but oh, like, my God. But, like, let's send them to a – let's give them donor profiles. Like, let, let's, let's talk about donors. And – I'm just like, in what? And I didn't know this before, like, going into this level of work. But, like, in talking to people, I, I ran, like, a poll. And I was like, do you – did you get a referral after, you know, a loss? Most did not. And – or they had to ask for it. Very few were just like, here's – some got, like, a list of therapists and it was like, call whoever you want. Nobody walking you through, like, your insurance will accept this person. Like, not not like a hand-holding situation. And, like, I'm a social worker. My whole life before this was, like, hand-holding and soft handoffs to the correct supportive yeah. and, you know, resources. None of that. And then some who were just like, okay, let's keep it moving. And no real support. And then you have doctors who were like, no, that's not necessary. We don't do that. And I'm like, but I have a poll here of tons of people who are saying they wish they got it and are then DMing How? me paragraphs about what their emotional response was like and showing severe mental health symptoms and either not showing it to their doctor because they are worried that their doctor would not move ahead with them and, you know, let them keep going or in such shock when they spoke to their doctor that, of course, those symptoms showed up later, which is a completely normal human response. And not having anywhere to go and process and not realizing that they are having a very normal response to a trauma and deserve support around it. How many of the of your of, of the people from the poll like wanted this? Like was this like the majority? majority. The majority. Like I think it was something like I, I this was months ago. I want to say it was under 10% were offered anything. Under 10%. Under 10% were offered. Um and that was often like here's a list, right? It wasn't like a Here's it, what your insurance is. It wasn't kind. Susie Q down the road has an office. Would you oh like us to call God. Susie Q and see if she has availability? It was like you are recovering from a like some of these were stillbirths. I mean, not it, it was just like you're oh recovering from a major, major trauma on top of just a medical like procedure. And, you know, you're recovering physically, emotionally, everything. And they're like, so here's a list. Call and see if they're taking anybody like, oh, nope, they didn't call you back. Oh, well, sorry. I don't know anybody else. Here's a brochure for donor eggs Summer, that was a small number but it happened so but the majority were saying that they would have liked it i think like two people said they would have been insulted by it because i was like maybe this doctor's right right she talks to people all the time far more than me who are having losses maybe she's right maybe it would be insulting two people found it insulting and, I'm and like, how, how many people took the poll 
Oh, it's a good number. Um, I don't have like a massive following, so like, it wasn't like crazy. A, I want to say it was probably 80 people. So two people out of 80 yeah, said it was insulting. something like that. It was a very, I was like, okay, so, so I'm not wrong. Minority. <laughs> right. It's and, a massive minority. Right. Well, it also like lends into like, well, what do, what do, then this was one doctor who was going, you know, on about it. But I was like, is it, what, what does it say about a doctor who is treating traumatized people if this is what they think of mental health? If they think it's insulting to give a referral to mental health, to somebody who is, these are people who are experiencing trauma, who have infertility trauma, who now have the trauma of a, of a death of their child. What does it say about how you see trauma and mental health? And then, you know, on the flip side, you see DCPs being like people with infertility have trauma. Like donor conception is not a response to trauma. Like you need therapy. And I'm like, they do need therapy. I'm with you. We need therapy. We need therapy. Like we all we oh all need therapy. And like you may still land at donor conception. Like that's totally – That might be. That's but... totally right. But, it sh- but donor conception to... is not a response to trauma. No, a baby is not the – solution to trauma no. it is not you Boom. have you you can't nope. um, baby's not going to fix what happened to you no baby no matter not. how they come to you is going to the you, trauma no. will travel and it will come out in really fucking weird it ways impacts your parenting and it will impact your child and am... so this is like where i go in with the work of like how can we work on this now in hopes that you can be a happier healthier parent who has processed your stuff and isn't expecting a child to solve it for you or you're going to hold a secret and hope your child doesn't care about it. Like, how can we go into this with like, yep, I have a whole lot of baggage. It's mine to carry. And it's mine to receive support for. And it's mine to figure out and make really good decisions so that when I do have a child, they don't have to help me carry my baggage. I am so angry right now. <laughs> Sorry, Laura. I am, Sorry, Laura. I am so fucking yeah, living. I struggle. I struggle with it, these- too recipient parents these 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 poor parents who just had i i i've never suffered a miscarriage i i cannot begin to imagine going through as you said like a stillbirth as well and then the doctor the 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 person that they are trusting their life their future child's life with treats them with such callousness yeah and and the fact that even even if it is is not as many, but the fact that any of these parents would be shoved in their face, donor eggs, donor sperm, mm-hmm. is so unconscionable to me. Yeah, the lack of humanity, empathy, and compassion, and all, and it's just about it's about it's like okay, next move, money, 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 money. Mm-hmm. This is. I am I am so sorry for any parent who's yeah. had to go through. I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. Yeah. That was wrong. Mm-hmm. You should have never been treated that way. Oh, my God. Who the fuck are these doctors? I... Who the <laughs> fuck are them? Point me in that direction. Yeah, I don't even know names, but I I'm sure we can find them. I will show up in my sperm cup with yeah. a bullhorn. <laughs> Holy shit. It's really, it's really something. Fuck? It's really something. And, like, but, and you know what? It's it, this isn't new, right? I feel like this was happening. You know, you've tried this long time to here call this adoption agency, right? It's the, we it's are treating capitalizing we are off tr- of trauma. It's, it is acting as if if we can erase trauma with a baby, just replace one kid with another kid, and mm-hmm. I and and, and, and the cycle continues. The trauma right. continues, and, and parents 
know that that's not how it works. <laughs> like, they're not stupid. No. They know. And they are, but like, you are not in the right state of mind right after that to make a lifelong decision without processing and having somebody to talk to. You're not in the right frame of mind. And like, I'm very big on like, we got to slow it down. We got to slow it down. Like, what are you doing for you right now to to get through whatever trauma, you know, even if the trauma of being told, hey, you know, you don't have any sperm, so you're going to need a donor. That's that's traumatic to be told that. Like, did you go process that in any real way before being like, OK, like we're going to mm-hmm. go do that now. But you're you're on a clock. You have doctors reminding you you're on a clock and they have a stake in the game financially of you moving ahead with a baby and not taking the time to think through what are my values here? Does this make sense for me? How's my extended family going to react to a DCP, an adoptee, a Mm -hmm. child carried by a surrogate? How are they going to react to that? You know, oh, because a lot of the families do treat the donor-conceived child, the ad- the adoptee, um, child care by child care by surrogate. They treat the, that kid differently, right. or they, they at least actively, see it. yeah, actively, or they see it differently, yeah. or they're shaming parents for making that decision, mm-hmm. and which adds layers of pressure to keep things secret. Like there's so yeah. many, there's so much at play here, and so oh yeah. Well, I mean, the the, the yeah. I have aunts and uncles who are like, my sister has a donor-conceived child, and she swore all of us to secrecy. This feels really wrong. We don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember, like, um, some of them have messaged me going, like, the child is experiencing massive depression. I have depression. And the the parent is just like scoffing it off this is a genetic thing right uh or uh, no, oh shit i sorry I, I i totally screwed that one up i apologize so like i have had dm conversations where um the aunt has been like this is this was my egg oh i okay. apologize okay Understood. this was my egg uh, I gave my egg to my sister. My sister had 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 the child, um, and the reason ASRM is <laughs> I yeah talks about not maybe doing that, but okay, <laughs> um, and says uh, don't. And said, and the the mom, and we we as donor conceived advocates do really love this method because mm-hmm. it, it keeps it within the family, the medical history, everything's the same. But you need open disclosure. Yeah, you need and open disclosure if you're going to do this. The recipient mom was like, "No one tell the child. No one tell the child." And so this aunt is watching her biological child, her niece, grow up, and she's like, "She's just like me. She looks just like me. She acts just like me." And she's like, "She's going through." depression which i went through at that age and the mom is just scoffing it off throwing it under the rug and it's like this child it's like i went through that i need to like can i please reach out and like help can we talk can we discuss this as a family and i've had a lot of lot of like family members talk about it that way and it's like discuss and or i've had um aunts and uncles or cousins going we all know this kid is donor conceived but they swore all of us to secrecy we don't know what to do should i gift this kid a ancestry kit for christmas can you imagine i well that's that's the uncle and aunt we all need in our lives that's happened a lot they gift it Oh yeah, I've I've actually uh, one of the red flags that I tell donor conceived people or people who don't know they're donor conceived. I'm like, if your family, your extended family, keeps saying keeps like going like, oh my god, we should all get like a 23 and Me together, wouldn't that be fun? If that keeps getting talked about, yeah. they're trying to tell you something. They're fucking trying to tell you something in a safe way. Or if they're telling you to not DNA test. Or if they're telling you that actively. I've seen yes. too. If I got nervous with me. My mom kept telling me not to do a DNA test. And I was like, why do you want me to do a DNA test? Have you done a DNA yeah, test? Yeah, I did. Okay. I'm not donor conceived. Um, but I, th- there was nothing all that exciting there. But she she's like was just 
concerned about, you know, safety and privacy, which like cool. But I, I had a moment. I was like, do you know the work I do? Do you it's know good. the work? I, it's good. You're, you're, you're looking like some other people who don't want their kids to be DNA tested because something yeah. is going on there. But that's also the other the other red flag I tell people. I'm like, if you if you for whatever reason think your donor conceived, I'm like, just casually bring it up in front of your parents saying like oh my god wouldn't it be fun if we did ancestry or 23 yeah. and me wouldn't it be fun to do a genealogy thing and if your parents are like no you don't need to do that why would we do that mm -hmm. that could be a red yep. flag it's not always because some people yep. are just actively against the idea of doing a yep. dna test but i'm like but we have watched that be a very a, a massive yep. pattern yep. but also some weird reason a lot of parents like um don't think anything's gonna pop up and they're like yeah sure yeah take a dna test like they don't think like donor like donor conception will be very clear from a DNA test? No, I think because I think so many parents um, have repressed the idea and oh, they're just like, no, it won't. It, nothing will pop up. Nothing will pop up. Your DNA changed back to, 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 your, Yo, to the parent some who raised parents, you. People, some recipient parents really feel that way. Like epigenetic wise epigenetic, kind of thing? Exactly. Okay. I was like, how do we believe this? <laughs> because the fertility industry has taken what epigenetics is and yeah. has turned this into um, so what they have said is like, uh, what they tell a lot of recipient parents who are carrying, um, an egg that is not biologically theirs, they go like, well, because of ep ep epigenetics, you know, you're, you're, you know, the child's going to absorb some of your DNA as well. And the recipient parent takes that and goes, oh, I'm essentially a genetic parent. And they reimagine it in Our their mind. Our brains are amazing. Our <laughs> brains are amazing. And then we as donor conceived advocates have to say, not that's works. not how it works i'm real and it's like and it, and you can tell they're really holding on to this yep. they're really holding on to this yeah. one and we have to go like no that's not how it works you're not a biological right. parent i got oh, if, i'm sorry go ahead no if you did like a paternity like, right it's not you hun it's not gonna be you and I, i'm so sorry yep you no that's not nope. how it's gonna work i got this um i do like anonymous questions and that's where i get some some fun questions and i got this great anonymous question i have to figure out my answer to but they were like how is it that RPs push epigenetics on donor, like donor conceived mm -hmm. people, but if they're an intended parent through surrogacy, they're completely against the idea of epigenetics? Ooh. And I was like, I need to sit on this. Ooh. I need to sit on this because they were like, they, they basically said, like, how do people do the mental gymnastics it mm -hmm. takes to be like, but if they're in a surrogate, there are no epigenetics. No, that, but if they're in that, that me, then there are. And I'm like, this is this is the work, right? Like this, this is, is the work. Ooh, I hadn't I hadn't put that thought exercise, no. but you're you're totally right. That's it's, absolutely what happens. This is the work we're, we need to do. Do you need help finding your biological parents? Whether you're donor conceived, adopted, or an NPE, please contact DNA Angels. DNA Angels is a nonprofit team of genetic genealogists that help you identify your biological parents. And this group is run by donor-conceived people, adoptees, and MPEs, so they will emotionally have your back during this process. DNA Angels has identified almost 5,000 biological parents since 2019 using test results from Ancestry DNA. And they are a nonprofit because they believe that your financial situation should not stop you from identifying your family. If you are searching to identify and possibly connect with your biological donor or missing parent, please reach out to DNA. NGELS.org. Must be at least 14 to apply, have tested at Ancestry, and presumed parents born in the United States of America. Just super interesting stuff with that. Yo. And I know I've like been sitting on this anonymous question. If you're listening to this, I promise one day I will answer your anonymous question. I've been sitting on it for like three days, and I'm just like, I 
am gonna upset a lot of people. The cognitive no matter what dissonance. I say. Exactly. It's we we cannot accept what is that uncomfortable to us. Yeah. But this is this flies right in your face. And it's in the same category. You know, we're not like comparing you to like a you know, a, a rat in a lab test. Like this is y'all are family building, you are, you know, taking a pathway. Like this is important to think about. Because it's epigenetics is epigenetics, and you, if you expecting more or less from epigenetics, it, it you got to give it the credit it's due and not more. And not and what I always tell parents, I'm like, you carried the child. Right. Do you, you know how amazing that touched. is? Yep. But like that should be enough. Like carrying the child, you grew the baby. Yeah. Like that, you birthed mm-hmm. the baby. Mm-hmm. Like that alone is huge that alone is incredible that alone i'm like you don't need to make it more what it already is by itself is huge and then you parented them and then you like you carried them them. but like more than that you've parented like and you will continue to be you did the 3 a.m feedings oh my god you did you did the first steps and i think again like it plays on fears it plays on vulnerabilities of like it it plays on this feeling of being less than because you didn't do absolutely everything that everybody else did and again why i think it's so important to have like community like there's you know community for dcps is wildly important we also need community for every category in family building so that we can share these experiences and put these fears out in the light because when they are in your your deep dark like hole Mm -hmm. it's it's not you're not processing you're hiding it you're worrying and so you're like clinging on to things like you know epigenetics wise we you know the donor basically no longer exists and it's all me it's like but that's that doesn't that creates a feeling for your child that they can't talk to you yeah about half of their genetic their self and their their identity like it's you can't do that well and i mean our understanding of genetics is still and the impact it has on us is still so early days very early Early but what we are finding now is like we're like oh no it has a big impact Mm -hmm. it it does Mm -hmm. um and i'm i'm scared i'm scared now to ask you for like to share some more stories after the last one you shared. <laughs> I'll pick a um, one. Uh, uh, or just, uh, what, okay, uh, all right. I would, because you work tangentially with the fertility industry. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, 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 you do, do you consider yourself, because you are, do you consider yourself fertility industry or not? Like, how do you, how would you sort of- I consider myself family building industry. I, Got I, it, okay. I, And I, like, I think, like, that's the umbrella of the fertility industry, right? And But it's not all fertility. I also I get real nervous just fertility doctors in general, sperm in general, right? Like it, it's they it, I don't think that they love me so much, and they, if they even know I exist. But why? Like, okay, why? Why I, do I you think I'm that? I'm talking about the hard stuff. I'm prov- I'm slowing people down and making their decision, which means we are slowing down money entering pockets, and I'm also telling people how to ask questions, like which. You have to, like, if you don't know what you don't know, you don't know how to ask about it because you don't know you should be. I know that's a really convoluted way so of saying it. So there's no, like, like, bank or clinic that would refer you to, for, like, parents oh, to talk I to I mean, I don't think about a bank. Like, our, our little shout out to my friends over at Seed Scout. Like, they refer people to me, but they're using, you know, it's all known donors. You know, I... But that also, I yeah. think, though, tells you a lot about... The fact that so many clinics and cryobanks are actively like, no, 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 we don't want you to talk to anybody about like to 
the fact that you're yeah. actively telling the parents to think about their future kid yeah. and the fact that the clinics and cryobanks because to me it would be an automatic of course yeah. let's refer you yeah. of some, course some let's definitely, refer you. I will say like the co-fertility and I are working on like an event about you know choosing okay. an egg donor and I think it's something like 80% right now are I don't know if they're open ID at 18 or open ID we're in like early talks around like an event okay um, but they are really pushing for like a hundred percent. It sounds like they're aiming to like really work toward that, and I appreciate that. But like, it, like I don't, I don't see like California Cryer Bank knocking on my door because like I don't, I don't. If they look at my content, I'm doing like misconceptions and like. Well, I mean, they you know, have a... putting you on all my stories. Like, I think if they see your face, they're not going to want to hang out with my face. And that's yeah, fine. unfortunately, <laughs> I do apologize. My face is going to um, definitely. What I want, yeah, it's definitely gonna color. Uh, so I, I do apologize. I think <laughs> I am, I am the anti-bank vaccine. That's okay. So I do apologize. That's, listen, I, I am, I, I, it's not like I'm never like, oh, I don't want people to become parents through donor conception. I think it's a no. way to become a parent. I want people to do it in the most ethical way possible. I don't think there is a fully ethical way, but okay. a more ethical way. Uh, I want them to be in touch with their values and their fears and their vulnerability. I want them to slow down and I want them to really think through every decision and think through it in the long term, which like I don't know that they, you know, a bank wants you to buy some sperm. Like that's what well, they they goal essentially is. yeah they 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 want it to be Amazon. They want it to be right. Prime. But let's let's take off let's 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 sort of piggyback off of what you yeah. just said. In your opinion, mm -hmm. what do you think if you had to advise parents to be like, let's do this in the most ethical way possible? Yeah. In your professional opinion, what does that look like? I would say open ID, known donors. Um, you know, minimum open ID at 18. But I think, you know, I mean, for health reasons and just for those teenagers, especially, yeah. it, you got to go younger and you got to do known don't because it's right. I've I'm, heard way, way too many horror stories of the kids starting to already get sick at yeah. like five years old yes. and they need that contact with and the I donor, think for, especially for sibling purposes. If you're talking about a kid who has siblings through donor conception, like access to that as an adult is very different than access potentially younger. Mm -hmm. There's, you have the possibility of a history together, yeah. you know, and I think that that's important and community for RPs who, you know, are sharing donor. I think there's just so many reasons it's important. And so that I would say is, is important. Have you had any, I mean, again, I, I know we've got to keep client confidential, so only yeah. DMs, but like, has there been any experience, good experience with like a known donor? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, I'll talk about somebody who I, I know personally. Mm -hmm. And so he, he himself is a known donor. He met uh, his RP, a single mom by choice through a mutual friend. Mm -hmm. And the mutual friend knew that he was, you know, would consider being a donor just through knowing him. Uh, he also works in family building. And this friend was was looking for a donor. Um, and they essentially, like, quote, unquote, like, donor dated, I feel like is what I, he was calling it. I love it, donor, donor dated. Donor dated, dated, of just, yes. like, got together, talked about their, their values, ethics, like, with the idea that he would be in this child's life. Love that. Not as the dad, but yeah. as, you know, mom's donor. And he says, like, he... The, the kind kid, of as, like, a cool uncle. Literally, he says, I have an uncle-niece relationship. He's like, yeah. I call her my daughter, but she can she does not call me dad. Mm -hmm. She's, like, a toddler. It's it's early days. But he's like, she can call me whatever she wants. Mm -hmm. um, her mom is fine with her calling me whatever she wants. She, the mom calls him the dad, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so we had, I was like, how did this work? And he like walked me through like what dating looked like and what all this looked like and all the screenings and the counseling. And, you know, they went to counseling together to discuss Mm -hmm. this. They went, they got their own attorneys. They drew up paperwork. They figured out, you know, what it would look like if something happened to her. Like who Mm. would this child go to? They figured out medical stuff. Like they, they really, they spent time together before this child came into the world. He, this is a rare situation, but he was in the room when the baby was born. Oh, wow. Yeah, which, like, I, that's not for everybody, and that's no, fine. But, but, like, they they also, while she was pregnant, their relationship grew um, and into, a, like, a, a solid boundaried friendship is what I would say. I which, love like, boundaried friendship. Ba- boundaried friendship. And he was talking about, like, how did we set boundaries? And he's like, yeah, we definitely have had to, like, go back to the drawing board of, like, this – I don't want to get too involved yeah. in your life because it could get confusing. Yeah. I don't want to You're have, not a raising parent. No. And and not like it'll get too confusing for the child. Like I think he was like, you know, whatever she grows up with, she's going to feel is probably okay. He's like, I don't want it to get too confusing for us. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. you know, if I meet all your family and then somebody, I have an argument with somebody, like it changes our dynamics. So like we yeah. got to think about the child first and foremost. How would any problems affect her? And so I'm sitting there like nodding my head off like a bobblehead. And... So he's, like, talking about that and how, like, the goal was, you know, she won't have any biological siblings from, like, a donor who donated 1,000 times. And going through that. And so – but, like, the story that I think lends so much to the medical stuff is this little girl when she was a baby um, was gaining weight slowly. And, you know, the pediatrician was like, we're not super concerned about it, but, like, she is growing slowly. Like, Mm -hmm. what are we, you know – we got to keep an eye on her. Maybe this is like, I don't think they were, they were, I think the concern is like, is this failure to thrive? Like, is she okay? You know, mm-hmm. she's, she's tiny. Um, and so mom called the donor and was like, hey, by the way, like this is going on. And he was like, oh, weird. I don't know. And he called his mom and his mom was like, you did the same thing as a kid and you caught up at this age and everything was fine. He, he's a shorter guy and he and she was like you just you were shorter and she's probably got you know that side of you but you were fine everything was fine and so he brought that back to you know the parent the recipient parent and she told the pediatrician the pediatrician was like great that's half her dna makes sense you know bio dad grew a little slower at this age let's check back in at this time and we'll keep an eye on it but like we no longer have to consider like should we run a bunch of tests do we need to worry and even if he wasn't worried, the pediatrician, the mom knew that she didn't have to worry, which, like, as a parent, you're worrying about everything medically. You're about, your, your child sneezes. Right. You're like, you're are worried. you okay? And I think to, like, I am. I have a son. He's my biological son. He, when he eats citrus, gets a rash on his face every time. And I've had so many people be like, is it an allergy? Is he allergic? And I'm like, nah. When I was a kid, you will find many pictures of me eating an orange with just a big old little ring around my mouth and we knew it wasn't an allergy it's just what our skin does but like if i didn't know that that would freak you if the it fuck came out. to it i'd be like he is deathly allergic to oranges like and i never had to do that because i know yeah. my kids biology rps deserve to know their kids well, biology and so do the kids they deserve to know their own and something background. and let's talk about specifically with this issue yeah this is so like let's take this exact same issue but like let's say they went through a bank mm-hmm. that instance as you sort of pointed out, the donor had no idea that that was no, history. He had to call his it. mom, so wouldn't have reported that. He had to call his mom. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't have been in a donor profile. That Never. wouldn't have been. There would have been no way 
with an anonymous donor, open ID at 18, to call and follow up and be like, oh my God, the child is growing fast. Mm -hmm. So what would have potentially- Growing slow. Growing slow. (laughs) Sorry, what did I say? You said growing fast, which would have been really tall. (laughs) Really tall, sorry, my bad. uh, Growing slow. So then you might have the mom now be terrified for months, or maybe the doctor- this would have worried the doctor. And now we're putting the baby through an insane amount of testing. Right. That could be painful, could be awful, could be unneeded. It's going to cost a shitload Ex- of money. Expensive. It's going to rise Anxiety, up insurance. everything. And you've now created, and there's no genetic testing for that. That's not going to show up no. on a carrier panel. And this is the kind of stuff when, like, I have recipient parents going like, yes, but, um, but my bank, my clinic gave me all these pages on their medical history. I'm like... Shit like that's not going to pop up on it. No. That's not going to pop up. And this is something that was more or less easily solvable. What happens when it's something that's much bigger? Like actually something that's serious. um, That that is detrimental. Right. This is the kind of stuff where I'm like, you get yourself in some massive trouble when you don't have the ID. And even open. And this was when the baby. This is when it was a baby. Yeah. Baby. Yep. So open ID at 18. Right. Wouldn't have mattered at that point. You know, it, it, you would have known through worrying. But like it's it, but yeah. it's like these kinds of things are the problems that happen yeah. all the fucking time. Yeah. And you are going and then you you go to the, the, the donor profile. You bring the medical history into the parent. And you're like, this isn't in the medical history. Oh, my God, whatsoever. Right. And this is where the problems start to arise. Yep. And it's the and this is where I, I get into just like mental fist fights with the with the cryobanks and the clinics going you are making it solve like you're handing them this nice little complete package and you're sending them out into the world completely unarmed with nothing like what you and then not to mention also on top of which the medical history is completely self-reported exactly they lie all that we've had so many donors go yeah i fucking lied about that or recipient parents go yep we found out they lied or donor conceived people who found their donor going yep they completely lied or my favorite is when a donor conceived person finds their donor shows them the the medical history and the donor goes i didn't write any of that oh my god that's my favorite that's my personal favorite of just like oh this was just lies yeah it's or like something got switched. Like I or mean, something mistakes got switched. happen, right? Yes. On top of intentional problems. But like, oh, fertility. You can't yeah. check anything, and yeah. you have a a human being who doesn't have access to their information, yeah. who like needs it. And so that I think is really where I come from with donor conception. I think part of like my rage about it is I was looking at I was looking at a bunch of clinics, um, just clinics around New York, who do you know use donors just not not crowd banks just the clinic does do own. they uh, they have their own little donor bank yeah yeah and they're only seeking anonymous donors some of them mm-hmm. like they're like that's all they're advertising for mm-hmm. is anonymous donors and i'm like but you could be doing this differently the math is you're that, making but... a choice to only re- what if somebody showed up and said i want to be open id you'd be yeah. like no we don't do that here yeah because but it's like, easier why? for the clinic right it's, it's easier work. and then on top of which but like that's also where that's when you have a higher case of that's where you really put yourself in danger for like fertility fraud. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like with those kinds of clinics, anonymous donation. That's in New York specifically. No fertility fraud legislation has been passed here. Which blows my mind every time I hear that. And we've had some fertility fraud cases. I know. Uh, up in uh, Rochester. Up in right? Rochester, our, Dr. Our Wartman. Favorite, our favorite. Our favorite man who can <sighs> even after all of the evidence was presented, 
never lost his medical license, continued practicing up until he died in a plane crash, which is still so strange. It's strange that he died in a plane crash? Well, it's strange that he died? It's strange that he died in a plane crash. Like, just out of, like, th- this was just, like, what? Wait, what happened? I mean, because I was on the phone with, like, two of his donor-conceived um, biological children, and I'm just, like, how are you doing? And they were just, like, we don't need the processing. to. They were, like, we don't really know right now. We're in a place the where this is just. processing of, like, your biological father created you through fertility fraud, and then he died in a plane crash. Like, the emotion i'm like oh gosh please like have a good good therapist who knows what yeah. the heck they're talking about so you can walk through like yeah grief, grief counseling i don't even know like they, it's just so like i was like complicated how, complicated grief it's so complicated and because I, I, I was and i just was like how are you doing and they're just like we don't really know yeah and they're like we are feeling a lot yeah. and i'm like that makes sense and yeah. just um and that's a big thing that i talk to a lot of people who are like products of fertility fraud that they're like I don't know really what to feel this is I'm feeling so many different emotions it's so complicated I'm like yeah y'all are kind of you're making the pathway for through this there is no there is no um there's no rule book for this no it's all being designed by you but specifically like but a clinic now where it is and a clinic and I would say that that would I would be the most concerned about fertility fraud in that kind of situation where it is a specific clinic that has their own little bank. The doctors are the ones then like. And it's all only anonymous donors in a state like New York where fertility fraud legislation hasn't passed like that would make me very concerned. I would be very, very concerned. I also as much as like I am all for the legislation, legislation doesn't stop people like this like you're. You like, yeah. you know, punish them, Pun- but it, is it going to stop somebody who thinks that this is I think a it, great idea? I think it will, because you are right. I mean, like, look, rapists are going to. To me, this is rape. Like, it, I no, really, I think it's medical rape. Like, it's, it's, I don't. It's rape. I, I don't, um, people who are like, aren't you happy you were even born? It's like, eh. People who have <laughs> that kind of problem yeah. are, you, but yeah. I do, but I do believe that it's like, at least passing the legislation is one. I do think it is going to deter people mm-hmm. because all these doctors, because we've now caught 70 doctors in the United States who have committed fertility fraud. I just saw that stat and I was like, and only at my least, eyeballs popped out. As of early this year, it was only 17% of the United States population has taken a commercial DNA test. Yeah. I'm sure it's gone up at this point, but Listen, I just, I Black don't know Friday what it is. Black Friday just passed. That number's about to tick oh, up in it's the next couple of weeks. I'm sure, I wouldn't be surprised if it's more like 20, 21, 22 at this point. Yeah. Uh, but... So we've already got 70 doctors, only at 17%. That's insane to me. And none of these doctors have gone to jail. None of them have. We've had um, many of them continue practicing medicine. A lot of them were already retired. Um, Many of the cases also ended in NDAs, so we're just, like, not exactly sure what happened. But it's, like, but essentially... The doctors and the fertility industry got to watch, I would say, the majority of the doctors completely walk away almost unscathed. Maybe they had a slap on the wrist, like what Dr. Klein experienced. Mm-hmm. It was a slap on the wrist. Um, very little has actually happened. Very little justice has actually happened. Wild. And so you have all these doctors watching like, oh, shit, I can get fucking away with this. Um, which is why I do think we need the legislation to pass oh, to agree. at least hopefully deter yeah. and go like, if you're caught, 
and it, this is why the fertility fraud um, federal legislation because it criminalizes it. So these doctors would be going. This would this is criminalized. They would yeah. go to jail now. So that is why I think no, we need a yeah. massive deterrent. Oh yeah, I mean, I, and I agree. Like we need legis- like we need legislation mm-hmm. around a lot of things in yeah. donor conception that we don't have. I just I hope it. I hope it does deter is really what I, I, and I I also wonder though, how much is currently being deterred by commercial DNA tests? Because a lot of the times when these guys Mm. were doing this, they they didn't think they'd ever be caught. They like thought they were doing some service and, and in a, you know, ridiculous, gross, godlike way. And well, okay. I, I, so here's the thing. Don't mean to interrupt you, but no, please. So here's, here's the problems with that and why I don't think it is deterring people. Okay. There are cryobanks and clinics that have made their recipient parents sign a contract saying you'll never let your child get a DNA test. But you can't make your adult child. Yeah, I know. But it's freaking parents out enough. I know. And it is. And some of them have even been, like, lightly threatened with it. So uh, this is, like, I've seen those emails. Oh, Um, I believe you. It's just, like, my eyes can't roll any further back in my head. And there (laughs) are still... Um, there, I have to, I have to track it down, but there's a clinic that is still, I didn't think that cause we know that this existed in the eighties, but it still apparently exists now where there is a clinic still making parents sign contracts saying you'll never tell your child that they're donor conceived, which I thought was something that like was gone now that you did the con that whole contract was yeah. gone. No, apparently there's at least one clinic. Right. Other but they're places. not the only one doing it. No. So I... So with all of that information, that to me says, oh, fertility fraud is 100% still happening. It is absolutely still happening. They're just making it, they're at least slowing down the process so the statute of limitation is up. Well, right now there's no statute of limitation because there's not a lot. Of, well, in some states, there's in some, some states there's a statute of limitation. Um, and but that's the biggest that that's one of the biggest hurdles with fertility fraud of why yeah. it's so hard to prosecute right. is because fertility fraud versus any other medical fraud is if you had surgery and they left a tool in you, yeah, you're gonna figure that out really fast. Oh yeah, fertility fraud you might not find that out for forty years. Right, it's a completely different. What is the statute of limitation on some of this legislation? Do you know? Um, with the fertility fraud. The federal fertility fraud right. legislation. Which has not yet been passed. Which is not yet. It is a 10-year statute of limitation that would go in. The 10 years would start once you found out you're a product of fertility fraud. Yes. 10 years. Some of the issues with some of the states where we have passed fertility fraud legislation, the statute of limitation is only a year. Right. Which from, is, from the time it occurred. From the time that you find out. Oh, from the time you find out. So okay. you got to get your ass in gear in one year. Right. And that's like, that's not enough You're time. You're busy processing and f- like losing your mind for a little bit to like go find a lawyer. And on top of which, building a fertility fraud case is you need more than a year. You need to figure out a pattern. How many times have they done that? That could take years to build. Right. So giving yourself that 10-year statute of limitation Something. is huge. You can yeah. build a case. Yeah. You can be like, he did this uh, once, 10 times, 100 times, 200 times. You can actually build the case. Right, you have some time. So that's why the statute of limitation is very important that we make that federal. Um, right. So it's not a because right now all the states have different statutes. Um, so, again, I do think the DNA testing that is available now is definitely scaring some people, but I, it is not it is still happening. It might be happening less. Yeah, I bet it. I, I would say in my personal opinion, I think it's less, but this is something that shouldn't even be happening once it's wild it's wild <laughs> it occurs at all. and it's we gross. need to be protecting recipient parents and um donor conceived people and we need to be protecting parents who are doing ivf because this also absolutely yeah. affects parents with ivf right. even if let's just let's just say it doesn't happen anymore which like i'm with you i think it absolutely is yeah. happening do we not 
still want to put something on the books to make sure it doesn't ha- like really like, yeah you know what i'm saying like that's let's, that's, let's you're, just... you're protecting people who are paying for asrm memberships and you know you're you're protecting the doctors that are yes. part of asrm you are 100 like that's who like... you're protecting you're not the, yeah. the dcps aren't part of asrm the rps are not part of asrm no the people going through ivf are not part of it you're protecting, you're protecting your own your own, your own people yeah and you're you're people sitting on ASRM are doctors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know, they're fertility doctors. So what, like... Well, and on top fear. of which, like, there are so many more doctors we, we know we haven't caught yet. Of course. Um, we, we we know that there's more, and they are being protected. The, the, we... Because, like, at least certainly when I was made, um, the... It was very normal for, like, doctors to be... Um, uh donating for each other that's what happened to me my parents doctor called up their friend was like yo can you can you slip us a sample Mm -hmm. um and it was very very normal and fertility fraud was like very unfortunately it was done a lot it was done so much um and i've spoken to other dcps with like similar and some very bizarre tales with fertility fraud where i'm like how is this even like yeah existing in this reality that we are all existing in like this it's just some weird it's tales. a weird dystopian it's universe so handmaid's tale <laughs> it is and it's but it's also like why as an industry who is actively uh and actively trying to um sell themselves as like oh my gosh get your baby blah blah like they're actively taking advantage of um, the queer community, who would be 60% of their revenue is the queer community, mm-hmm. who is a marginalized community. They are taking advantage of single by choice, and they're taking advantage of couples who are going through um, infertility. So it's like you're taking advantage of a marginalized group and two groups. Uh, and I would say single by choice parents would be I, – I would consider them to be in a, in a marginalized group. The judgment that falls they, they down get? on yeah. single parents by choice. Yeah, I would call them marginalized. I would call them. And then couples well. who are going through infertility. I'm like, so a couple who's like fucking traumatized. Literally walking through, like, I think one of the most painful human experiences that exists. And and you're, you're selling yourself as like, oh, my God, we'll help you, babies. We will yeah. help you. Yeah. And then you're not willing to put in the most basic of basic protections to make sure that none of these three groups that are marginalized and traumatized get fucking medically raped. Yeah. Are you shitting me? It's really something. I have I, I still like I, I know that like we've gone off into like 10,000 different directions okay. and I'm trying to like reel it back now. Um, what would you then if there are intended recipient parents listening to this, mm-hmm. um, if there are recipient parents listening to this um, and I hope this was also like just validating for donor conceived people to also hear. But for all of my intended recipient parents who are hearing this, what are what are some professional professional advice tips questions that you would have them ask themselves yeah when they're considering donor conception as like their route yeah um i would say first look at the information you have on donor conception literally i i I always i'm a big like write it all down because when things are jumbled up in your brain it's it's you think you know what you're thinking and sometimes you don't. So write it down. What do you know about donor conception? Especially, I think, when you're in a desperate or traumatized yep. state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're trying to make like a decision or mm-hmm. process, you know, is this the right thing for me? Which I guess is, yeah, a decision. Um, write down what you know. And then write down, if you remember, who told you what. And did you get it from 
your clinic? Did you get it from a sperm bank website? Did you get it from a DCP on TikTok? Did you listen to a good podcast? Did you read a good book? Which DCP on TikTok? Did Which you get DCP to? on TikTok? DCP I'm really on bad TikTok. at TikTok. You're my only DCP on TikTok. <laughs> Everybody's on Instagram for me. Don't understand TikTok. Um, oh, it's a jungle. Yeah. It's 100%. I, I don't even. I, I still don't understand TikTok. It. I can't figure out TikTok. I have like 17 whole followers because I, I, I'm afraid of it. I don't get I have I have a following and yes, I'm still do. like, I don't fucking I don't get this shit. I don't works. understand. I do well with Instagram. But look at where you got your info because for most people, it's, it is strictly from the people they are going to who are in the fertility industry. And so look at that info. Look at the fears you have. If you are sitting there with like some deep, dark fears, write them down. You know, I'm worried my child will reject me. I'm the non-biological parent. Like write it down. And, and again, where did you get that from? Did you get it from anywhere? And kind of walk yourself through that and then look at where you may have gaps in your knowledge base. You know, have you accessed DCPs first and foremost? Um, you know, what did you get from there? Did anything make you uncomfortable? Is there anything you need to think more about? The um, Whenever somebody comes to me and they're like, oh, the, the angry DCPs, I'm like, mm. <laughs> Mm. We gotta I, talk. We gotta talk for a second, honey, because like we people have a right to be people have a right to be angry. Anger is a anger very is a valid emotion. Anger is a valid emotion, and as we just said, if you're if you're somebody like and you are a product of fertility fraud, and you found out if you're, you're not angry, I'm concerned about you. Like you honestly, should be angry. That, like, I'm angry. Yeah, it's like that's a pretty valid yeah. emotion for like what DCP have yeah. like gone through. RPs have gone through. Yeah. It's like no, that's. That's a very valid. I I always like because I I'm told that by like the industry they're like you know dealing with like you know angry DCP I'm like, okay, a DCP just found out their mom was medically raped by their doctor yeah. and the industry has actively not supported it Any and no and no justice mm -hmm. has happened. Yep. What emotion is correct right. for them to feel? Right. What is the correct emotion? Right. Exactly. And I would say like most RPs when they come to me with that like it's not. I'm, it, I I know that that can be really triggering to hear and for, for DCP and anybody else. Like, and I stand by why that's triggering to hear that phrasing because um, yeah. it's, it's really um, minimizing. It's very minimizing. It's minimizing. And it's it, – you are – I think, you know, you can't put your emotion over somebody else's identity and, like, what they've gone through. Um, by, by your emotion, I mean an RP's emotion. And so I sort of sit with, like, well, what are they saying that is upsetting to you? What What – pain point are they touching for you right now you know it, and some of it i'm like look people have the right to their own emotions if they're like infertility is no big deal fair that you feel a little triggered by that other things though we gotta like you can be triggered and they can still be giving you some really good information and yes. so like you have to you have to sit with both like we don't shut down what triggers us <laughs> especially if you are planning to create a dcp like you need to mm -hmm. think about that like they have walked in shoes that your child might walk through and right, might put, be put in. And As I that. always say, I'm like, your child is going to be a member of my community. Yeah. Maybe, Listen. maybe you should check it out. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm actively fighting mm -hmm. for your child's rights and legislation. Yeah. I, you may want to, I'm like, and, and I'm like, whether you like it or not, yep. that's what's going to happen. Yeah. So first and foremost, I always say, you know, have you seeked out DCP voices. Have you looked at data? Have you looked at research? Who did the research? Oh, who uh, did the research? Who did the research? Are you mm -hmm. reading like research that was put out by somebody who has a stake in saying that everything is well and good? 
are you you know you always have to be wary of the people who are like who is making money from the fertility yep. industry it's a multi-billion dollar industry yep. who's getting paid by a bank who's getting paid by a clinic yep. and if that is the case you need to be very right. careful with right. it right you know if you're listening to a podcast and the ads are all for a cryobank which I'm, i have a podcast that i really like and after listening to a whole lot of episodes i was like these ads are all from a cryobank yep different cryobanks but all ads from a cryobank like yep. This matters. Like, this it matters. matters because you are getting your information from somebody with a stake in the game. And there are a lot mm -hmm. of people with stakes in the game. Mm -hmm. And so thinking that through – and I'm not saying that all that information is invalid. I'm saying you need to think about it, though. You need to be smart with, with the information you're taking in. So uh, mm -hmm. talking to other RPs as well. Um, uh, RPs with diverse feelings and experiences, not just the ones who are, you know, doing ads for the cryobanks, you know, yeah. but the ones who are – in there being concerned about, you know, am I doing this okay? Did I do the wrong thing? I wish I had done this differently. And there is a lot of recipient parents who are openly talking there are about some amazing who are like amazing RPs. Who are who sat in that uncomfortable feeling and yep. they're like, We really didn't do the research. Mm -hmm. We didn't do it. We screwed up. Please listen right. to the donor conceived yeah. community and don't make these mistakes right. we, and we, i've yeah. i so love those I recipient do too. those parents. are the people I who have them. like the ability to make real change i feel like yes they and are it's it may it's sometimes it's we screwed up but sometimes it's also we were misled we thought oh we had God. lots of info the and like parents are lied to all the they're time they're just told that this is like oh not a big deal yes and you know, I go back to over and over again, like, we need to remember this is a lifelong decision. This yeah. is not one little decision in the world of decisions. This is a big one. Mm -hmm. And so thinking this through, you know, knowing that there are other resources out there to access gametes if this is what you want to do, there are other ways to do it that are better. But they don't have the money. They are not the ads that are going to pop up on the side of your Facebook because you Google donor conception. That's mm -hmm. not who's popping up. You nope. have to go looking for them. To not fall into the many, many traps that unfortunately exist. And I and I that's really what I say is just like, how can we make this decision the right decision for you? And and if it's a couple for both of you, because that's a whole nother thing of like mm -hmm. it being really great for one person and one person being like, I guess this is what we're doing. Yeah, I gotta, I, gotta I, all be on board. And yeah, I will say for because there are couples who are like, I really didn't want to do donor conception. But like my partner was like, no, we're fucking doing yep. this. And I'm like, you. No, 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 no. This is not. No, we got to slow it down. If we got to slow, slow it down. down. We got to really figure hard. out where we are. And I feel like the number of conversations I've had with people in working in adoption and, you know, working in growth for family building in general, every area of just like if one person says no, it's a no. Mm -hmm. And that is really hard to hear. But like we or if one person says, you know, I don't know, it's a no until we know. Like we got to. Yes. We got to work this we out. Need and like, we need an enthusiastic, yes. need an enthusiastic, it's consent. It's consent. <laughs> it's all about enthusiastic consent. consent. Exactly. So we've had a, a dark episode, um, but it's been a good, it's been yeah. informative. What I would love to sort of end this episode on is, do you have a happy story? Yeah. Do you have something we can all cling on sure. to for hope oh, that like gosh. maybe we can we, we we can have a little glimmer of yeah. light because uh, we all just listen to me be traumatized. God, sorry, guys. I thought it was going to be so much more cheery. I tend to bring down the room. I like a dark humor, too. It's, it's just my whole thing. It's I well, I, I'm a dark little storm cloud yeah. now at parties where like if anybody it's it's sort of a thing where I avoid talking if I'm like at a dinner party or I'm at like a par or or anything, I really try not to ever bring up donor consent. But then lo and behold, somebody goes like, 
oh, Laura, tell them about what you do. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I think I'm the same uh, way. I'm like, I work with really some some very sad people sometimes. And I and I love them and I love to hear their stories and I love to support them. And it's just it, it's they're they're in a hard place. Um, yeah, I would say like a happy story. I, I have a bunch. I do. I get like, I get some really some stuff for some hope that we yeah. have some some light at the end of the tunnel. I I talk to folks um, who, after speaking to me, are like, okay, I'm ready to do this right, even if it takes longer. I'm ready to do this right. I love that. Even if I have less options of a donor who looks like me or my partner, I am. I have bought the books. I have listened to the podcast. They're like, I just went and followed 400 people who are talking about this, and are. Or they were like, I'm going to take a break and I'm going I to love a break. I love a mental break this before I make a decision. Like I talk to people. I talk to a lot more people like that than the alternative and mm. who are like this really helped and you really helped and this message really helped. And, you know, this person you sent me over to really helped. And I I want to do this right. And mm -hmm. I need to work through X, Y, Z, you know, or people who are like, yeah, my, you know, my mom told me I should never you know, use a donor to have a child. So we're just not going to tell her. And there are people who are like, you taught me how to set boundaries and stand up to my mother. So my kid doesn't have to hide it from my mother. Heck yes, I'm like, boundaries. yes, like you need to learn how to do this because then you got to teach your kid how to do it. Like yes. that happens a lot. And okay. I do want to like offer that hope of there's a lot of dark and stormy, but there is there is a needle that can be moved with mm -hmm. from family to family. And that and, and while we are moving the needle in the industry, but like. Families have options and are really seeking them. And I am, I talk to people literally every day who are like, my doctor said, you know, donor. And I've been sitting on that for a year because I am not sure that's the right thing for me, mm -hmm. sure how to go about it in the right way. And I am not going to create a child until I am sure mm -hmm. that this is, you know, the way that I can do it right. Mm -hmm. And if that means I end up without a kid, I'm I'm comfortable with that because I'm not creating a human being that I in an irresponsible way. Yeah. And I'm just like, can we throw you a party? Like Honestly, and, and, and part I of them donor conceive kids, but they're doing it differently. I want a list of these people to and send them, them a, a fruit basket, okay? Yes. Like there is there are those people. You there are those people. I don't know you, but I great. love you and I see you. Yeah. And I just want you to know that I celebrate you. Yeah. I've had people be like, I told my clinic I don't want that sperm I already paid for because I went and found different sperm from a known donor. Like, because oh, this is because oh it wasn't the right thing to do. And I've had people be like, yeah, my first round of my first, second round of IUI didn't work with that sperm. I'm really glad it didn't work. And I've gone on to figure out a different route that feels way better. And it's because of the information that's being put out there by people like you, people like me, other people doing what I feel There's is really so many great people. They're seeking it. And once you once you find that information, your algorithm follows you. So mm -hmm. you find more of it. And it's it works. And so I do think like there are people who don't want to join Facebook groups just to fight with DCPs. Like I know those people exist, but there are people who are like in those groups being like, wow, I gotta, I gotta listen to this. I gotta mm -hmm. sit with it. And then they come to me and they want to process it and make a decision with that in mind. And yeah. I think that that's amazing. And there are people who have gone through anonymous donors and have young kids who are like, okay, what do I do now? And yeah, they that's are a then, hard yep, conversation but, and, but like, and there's guilt, but then there's also like, okay, I didn't know what I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I know it now. Yeah. So 
what do we need to do? And like they are ready to do the work. Yes. And I people who are ready to do the work are my favorite people because that's who I work I with. I only work lo- with people who want to work with me. I love so I, they want to do the work. Let's I, do the work. I, I talk to the, the hardest phone calls. Some of the hardest phone calls I have are the recipient parents I, I get on the phone with and they're in tears. Yeah. Because they're like my three year old. We used an anonymous donor and they are. Uh, we've been in and out of the hospital. We don't know what's going on. They're part of a pod that's already, they're already two and their pod's already at 50. Um, they're like, so we're, we know this is going to end up as 100. I feel horrible. I feel guilty. I failed my child. I traumatized my child. What the hell do I, and they're in tears. Of course they are. And the first thing that I always tell them is like, one, it's going to be okay. Yeah. I promise you, I lis- listen to me. It's going to be okay. Yeah. You were misled. You were lied to. This has happened to so many recipient parents. You are not alone in this. Mm -hmm. They've actively lied to thousands and thousands of parents just like you. Mistakes happen. Every, as we said, there's no way to not traumatize your child. Like, like every, every parent's going to traumatize their child in one way. But to me, and what I always tell all the recipient parents is you made them there. There was an accidental mistake that was made. What you do now with the information, how you move forward says everything about who you are as a person Mm -hmm. and the parent that you're going to be Mm -hmm. and I'm like I applaud you so much and the fact that you are willing to take this call with me sit in this uncomfortable feeling says everything to me Mm -hmm. about the quality of parent that you are and that you are going to continue to be Mm -hmm. um and put that on billboard exactly and I'm just like no 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 baby you are phenomenal there was a a recipient parent who i messaged me because um she was part of the uh there was a few recipient parents who were uh part of the victims of the uh very prolific swimmer donor of the netherlands jonathan and (laughs) one of them messaged me and she was like i'm really really scared is me coming forward about this is this going to harm my child is this going to like did i do something like should i just have kept this quiet mm. and i told her That's i was a great question i love that i loved i, I was love like that like, she's not worried about like the backlash from the world but she like, was like her kid is am i, I love that. and she was like is this am i acting by coming forward and like going against jonathan by outing him yeah is this going to hurt my child uh, and I just want to like be very, very clear. This was many, many recipient parents messaged me from him. Jonathan. Many did. This was yeah. so like for all the recipient parents, like, oh my God, she like there were many of you who did this. You're and one of many. You're one of many. Literally. And one many of, of you many. messaged me one this. One of too many. Many of you messaged yes. me this. So I just want to be very, very clear yeah. about that. And I said to all of you who asked me this question, if I was your, if I was as a donor conceived child, as a donor conceived person, Knowing that my mom stood up and fought for me and did the brave, courageous thing, I'm like, I would be so proud of my mom. Mm. I'm like, no, I'm like, I I'm like, as a donor conceived person, I'm proud of you. Right. I am grateful that as a mom, as a recipient parent, as a member of our community, because I consider you part of my community. You just stood up for every single donor conceived person, including me. Yeah. I'm like, I, I'm like, I cannot imagine a world in which your child is not going to be in awe of their amazing right. superhero mom. Absolutely. And I also think like you can you can hold both in some ways, right? Like there needs to, and, and this is something I've come up with with um, 
RPs who have used an anonymous donor and then mm-hmm. while their kid is a toddler are like, oh, man. Cause that's, that's often who I'm talking to as people with toddlers um, mm-hmm. if, they, if they already have a kiddo. And they're like, but I love my child. And if I had I used a known donor, I yeah. wouldn't have my child. And I'm like, but you can do both. You can say, I am so happy you are yes. you. I am so happy your genetics are your genetics. I am so happy you are in this family and mm-hmm. I am your parent. And I don't agree with how this happened. Yes. And if in a perfect world I could have both, both are true. then great. But we can feel both. And like yeah. I think that we forget that we can be incredibly in love with our child and grateful and realize that something happened along the way with this donor. Yeah. And this conception that maybe wasn't in their best interest, even though we adore that they are in existence. Like it can be both. And I think some folks stop short at that because they're like, but I'm so happy I have my child. And like if I if I say this, it means I regret them. And I'm like, no, I am. It's more complicated than that. I'm so glad you said that because that's a conversation I have all the time with recipient parents going like I feel bad because they're like I because they ask me like ethically again this is talking about traumatizing their children uh, and they're like I love my child I would not change my child for the world but what happened was I was lied to mm-hmm. this or I was um, assaulted or yeah. I was like this happened but I love my child I wouldn't change my child but how do I go about this in an ethical way because this I shouldn't have been lied to my child shouldn't be medically going through this right. like what how do I do this and I'm like and it's like you have permission to love your child, want your child exactly the way they is, yep. but also recognize that this was you were lied to and this was wrong. Mm-hmm. You, you put can have both. You you took out a second mortgage on your house. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And so now many second mortgages. And you were lied to about your child's medical history and now your child has spent 6 years being in and out of a doctor's office right. because of that lie. Right. You you deserved and it's like and it's and it's like it's not to say that you wouldn't have picked that donor, but you deserved informed consent over medical history so that you as a parent would have been informed, ready and prepared to look for whatever symptoms could pop up. Absolutely. Be in better shape. There are so many pieces to this. And I think that that feels like sometimes like a wall for people Mm -hmm. that they bump up against. But if I say that this wasn't right, it means I would change my child. And it's yeah. like, no, it can really be both. And I know that that dissonance is really hard to sit in, but it can really be both things. Yeah. And I feel like when people sort of are able to integrate that mindset in a little bit, the rest of the work can come together in a really good way <laughs> for yes. that child. Like, I think that things can really start getting together in a good way. Um, because it also gives a child permission to be like, I'm really happy that you're my parents and being donor conceived is hard or be or being donor conceived is complicated or mm-hmm. I don't care at all about it. Like it gives permission for yes. conflicting emotions within a family in general, which like is something that we as human beings don't yes. like. We like when our emotions are nice and tidy and fit in boxes. And so when we make space for we all have conflicting emotions all the time. What? And conflicting thoughts. Emotions are complicated. Emotions are complicated. It's it does. But donor conception help. is simple and nice and prepackaged. Just put it in there and call it a day. I clicked. I clicked add to cart. It's yep. gonna come. It's mine now. In a little box and yep. it's gonna be fine. Yep. And every I got my little paperwork and it's I'm fine. Ready. Exactly. Like when we recognize that things can be complicated and they can be both, it just opens us up to. I just like, just expanding. Yeah. It's our viewpoint around things and making space for other people to also have expanded viewpoints. Yeah. 
and I think so often that requires us to be really uncomfortable and sit uncomfortably and mm -hmm. who likes doing that? But like, it's the work that needs to be done. And so yeah. I, but what is my happy story of it all is like, I see people doing that work every day, like in various stages of it. And I see so much more of that than these, like maybe some of those stories totally start with ridiculous trauma and horror. And, mm -hmm. But like they are like coming out into a place of, okay, I am going to figure out how to navigate this. I have set boundaries in my family. My support system has grown. My child support system has therefore grown. And that's going really well. You know, my child stood up in front of their class and talked about being donor conceived and they were, you know, they had support from their friends. Like, you know, things like that happen because of the DCP community. Yeah. <laughs> and so like these things do matter. And I do think like there is, there is good work happening mm -hmm. and, while there is also bad work happening, it's it's all happening at the same time. And so I do think, um, you know, there are good stories and there are there are RPs who are really doing the heavy lifting and potential RPs doing the heavy lifting before creating a child. And that's mm -hmm. like my whole purpose in life is like, can we just have folks do as much work as possible before they create a child in hopes of having a, a happier child and a healthier child. Like that's the work. This isn't, you're not picking out a lawn chair. No. This is, this is your child. This, yeah. this needs the thought. This needs in the same yeah. way um, as if you are decide, it's the same thing as picking someone to marry or spend your life with right. or the person that you decided I'm going to raise a child with right. or the decision to become a single by choice parent like these are big decisions yeah. and I'm seeing people really taking the time and granted Good. like those are the people who seek me out right like people who are just like snap decision they're not coming to talk but to the me fact but that like so many people it's are a lot seeking of people you. it's a lot of people are seeking me out yeah um and that to me tells me how much this entire, I would say, society is shifting. Yeah. Because as we are doing the groundwork to get legislation, which is going to take a long time, mm -hmm. the fact that more and more people are willing to be open and talk with you, reach out to you, yeah. to me shows the signs that we are destigmatizing de this. For sure. And that to me is a huge element of this is because of the stigma, is because of the stigma of using the fertility industry, using donor conception, uh, being a single by choice parent, like wh whatever it is. That stigma to me is is starting to get hazy. Mm -hmm. It's starting to go away. It's it's not becoming as much of a I would say this big giant obstacle because people are willing to talk about it. They are realizing, oh, this isn't. Oh, I can talk. Oh my God, there's so many people who are going through the same thing to me. Yeah. Oh my God, look at this community. Right. <gasps> oh my God. Right. And I feel like that is going to that is the grassroots work. Mm -hmm. That is going to get us to the place where we can pass the legislation and get our society in a much better, healthier place when it comes to family building. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we are only seeing infertility rates rising. I mean, like yeah. these are we are heading in a direction where there will be more DCPs than there ever have been before. Yeah. And so we need to do this work. And so that, you know, the next generation of DCPs doesn't have to do this exact work. They'll have to do different yeah. work. But there, hopefully we're, I, we're I all mean, just doing the work. I'm sure that the, the next uh -huh. generation of DCP is going to look what I'm doing and they're going to be like, okay, you moved us one square, yeah. but like we have more work. Yeah. Like, they're they're going like, to be like doing whatever the alternative of okay boomer is to you. Yeah, they're going to be, be doing, doing their own Exactly. Thing. They're going to be like, okay, because I'll 
be like, excuse me, I did all this work. And have like, you seen my sperm cup costume? And they're going to look at me and they're going to be just like, okay, millennial, like yeah. whatever. Yep, and I'm exactly. like, all right, legit, that's circle of life yep, right there. Yep. Like, all right, kiddo. They'll be on holograms or whatever doing I, I give my sperm fascinator yep. to you. Yes. Go go, go swim and be free. Exactly. Go make the world right. even better. Right. Um, I, you know, like, that, I, I get it. We're all just doing the best we can. And I think, like, as you've said, like, your mom was doing the best she can. Your parents were doing the yep, best they could they with did. what they possibly knew. And I think we are still seeing that. But I am so glad to see people seeking out alternative information because we there is access to it in ways that there weren't in the 80s and 90s and even mm-hmm. early 2000s. Like, you couldn't access a plethora of DCP giving information constantly until yes. recently. Like, this is the fact that people are like, no, I, I want to I know what people are saying about this and where I should go with it. Is amazing. People are starting to plug in in a way of, I, and I do think that this is where I would say a benefit of the social media really comes in is you're hearing so many different lived experiences and viewpoints at such an incredible rate that has never existed before yeah. and realizing, oh, I didn't realize there were problems or anything because, you know, without social, you know, you live in your own little bubble, your own little town. Right. And it's like, you, but it's like now you're realizing, um, oh, there's communities of people speaking out against right. this. Um, with diverse opinions with within very, the community. Very diverse opinions. It's amazing. I mean, within the donor-conceived uh, community, like, there are there are absolutely, like, majority feelings. But of then there's course. a lot of, like, the majority of donor-conceived people absolutely believe in, like, abolishing anonymous donation. Right. But where I would say we, I, where we, there is a little bit more of a, or, not argument, but I would say a debate is, when do you DNA test your child? Oh, you're good. You're good. Trying to hold it in. <coughs> I'm coughing and sneezing. Yeah. Um, one of the big debates is like when to DNA test your child. Should yeah. the recipient parent just immediately DNA test, yeah. put their child on 23 in the ancestry, or should they wait till the child consents? And that's a big debate. Yeah. And a lot of people have different opinions about that yeah. one. And But to me, I'm like, that is a nuanced conversation. That's an interesting conversation mm-hmm. to have. Um, the other stuff, we can look at the data, we can look at the stories and go like, nah, I think it's we can really prove which one is like the ethical reason. Oh, yeah. I mean, my, my favorite one is when people, when I'm like talking about abolishing anonymous donation and people are like, well, that's just your opinion. And I'm like, actually, here's a lot of research and surveys. Here is... um. All right. Well, let's let's first talk about all the countries who have banned it and who um, completely agree that it is absolutely unethical. It is dangerous. Even the U.N. agrees that, like, every child has the right to know who their biological parents are. So I'm like, so right there and like we're not even I've not even gotten into the major data. That alone should tell you this isn't my opinion. Right. This is your opinion is based on facts this is <laughs> countries have yes. made this legislation yes and it's a very widespread yeah a, a, like I, I feel like now using the word opinion feels like the wrong word but you know what i'm saying like it's yeah it's based on the the lives of many people and the opinion yeah. that they have built from having that life yeah. it's it's really something and i i just appreciate all the information that is out there because there is so many ways to learn about this and yeah. and come into that place and it's it's working. Like I am talking to people where it's working. You're talking to people where it's clearly working. It's working. It and is. knowledge is what's going to shut down all the misconceptions yeah. that are being put out by these heavy advertising banks and clinics. Ugh. Like that the that's what's going to shut it down. Yeah. They can only go up against facts for so long and the more people are talking about this the the more people 
are catching on oh. before they access these gametes. Like that, the more people are stopping and pausing and learning. The I, I literally had a conversation this morning about this, whereas like the fertility industry is built on a house of cards, yep. and their two tactics are fear and money. That's all they have. Yep. They are going to scare as many recipient parents and donors as possible, and they're going to throw money at the problem. Mm-hmm. So they're throwing money on advertisement. And then they're scaring recipient parents and donors into behaving and acting a certain way and going, no, 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 this is the only safe way to do that. Stay in this lane. Do not ask questions. And that is not sustainable. And the fact that it's only taken a couple of stories to start completely deconstructing the fertility industry. For example, Jacoba with our father. It took one fucking story. It took Jacoba. She's amazing. She's my, have you ever met her? No, I've okay. watched her documentary and like listened okay. to her podcast. Have you met Jacoba? Jacoba, I text. I was texting her this morning. Hey, Jacoba. Uh, but Jacoba is like she's the fucking best. She's also like in the documentary. She's so like serious and like kind of like solemn. In reality, she is like the biggest silly Billy. She she's is a silly Billy. She's a silly Billy. And well, this is our father is a very heavy topic. <laughs> and I wouldn't be silly Billying around there. She went. So she was at the protest in New Orleans. Mm, okay. And of course, like everybody was, um, you you know, going like, oh my God, it's Jacoba, it's Jacoba. But what Jacoba really did was she was everybody's big sister. And Mm -hmm. there were donor conceived people actively telling their story for the very first time. And what Jacoba did was she basically like, played support and she was checking in on everyone going like hey how are you doing are you doing okay are you feeling all right are you good like she was actively supporting them and being big sis to everybody and jacoba is just genuinely the kindest human being there is no like amazing i'm a dick I'm a dick. I like you. Okay, thank you. I will fully admit, now I'm a pain in the ass. Jacoba is an angel, okay? <laughs> it takes she all is... sorts. <laughs> now, uh, one of the things was when Jacoba was, um, uh, when she was with us, like, trying to spread the word of the protest, she ran into some fertility doctors, and they just ignored her. And once they figured out who she was, I was gonna say, how do you she... ignore her? They ran away from her, and so she literally really? yelled out, I'm donor-conceived! I'm used to being ignored! That's amazing. I love Jacoba. But the thing about oh Jacoba God. is it took Jacoba, one person and like other members of her sibling, but it took Jacoba one story to completely undo the fertility industry. Yeah. What Jacoba started, and that was one store, one fertility fraud case, one yeah. of 70. Right. And she and her siblings at what the rip they started. Yeah. And the um, dominoes, the domino effect, dominoes. That was one story. And look at the impact our father had. Mm-hmm. Another case is Laura Gunner, how she lost her son, Stephen. Yeah, I've spoken to Laura Gunner and I've put in emails for legislation I change. We'll stand in front of a bus for Laura Gunner. She's good people. I will stand that's in front a, of a that's bus. That's a mom. Like, that's, to me, I'm like, that's a, that's the kind that's of mom a fucking that mom. everybody deserves. Like, I, ugh. again, another person I text with all the time, I, I, I will. I will do anything for Laura Gunner. Laura, Laura Gunner, if you're listening. Laura Gunner, if you if ask me. If you don't me, know who Laura Gunner is, you need to go look into Laura Gunner and just, support the change that she's doing in honor of her son, Stephen. Yeah. Uh, Laura Gunner lost her donor-conceived child, Stephen, and lo- in her mourning, immediately went into action to ensure mm-hmm. this would never happen to another donor-conceived mm-hmm. person. I will and do And she lost anything. him to a mental illness that his that her donor had. Yes. Yeah. 
And it was, and it, it was, it, it, it was a non-verified medical. It, she, it was two. It was two reasons why what happened happened was one, the medical history was not verified, right. and the donor lied, yeah. and then also because of anonymity, was not able to get an updated diagnosis of right. schizophrenia, right. Um, which Stephen was actively showing signs of mental illness at the age of four. Should have absolutely gotten an earlier yeah. diagnosis. Stephen needlessly suffered his whole life, and his parents actively showed that they were willing to like do all the work all the everything for steven that he needed they just didn't have this one big piece of information yeah. that would have been that could have gotten him that diagnosis in time and there was information within the donor profile that not, not the profile but within the medical documents right that he had been hospitalized for an extended period for of a time month. yeah no right. they if the medical information had been verified mm -hmm. and it would have absolutely or they did a little digging i mean it was in even there. a little bit yeah they would have been able to go okay there is a history of mental illness right it, it, that that should have showed right. up so that the parents, that should yeah. have if it was, yeah. which is why she's trying to pass the Donor Conceived Persons Protection Act in yeah. New York State yep. to verify medical history. Yep. But again, Laura Gunner, one person coming forward and the the what the rip she just caused. Yep. Um, and there are so what Dylan stories, uh, Dylan, Donor, Donor Dylan, Dylan. Amazing. Um, the fact that he now has like, I think, 94 He's, confirmed births. I think, I think it's 96. I think 96. I this morning. I think it said 96. The fact that he it's another massive rip and the fact that it's literally three stories. Yeah. And the the. Mm -hmm effects that those three stories yeah. alone have had shows how unstable how absolutely unstable the um the fertility industry is well, uh, so final thoughts anything i mean yeah. i know that this is going to be uh, a very thorough podcast which i fucking love um is there anything that we that any story that you're just like oh shit i didn't share this i should share this any final thought is there something i didn't ask you that you're like i i need to answer this question i don't think so um i don't have i I've told my stories. I have others, but, you know, protection of people. Protection. We um, love protection. But there's good boundaries. stories, bad stories, anybody's stories. Uh, they're all, you know. How can someone find you who's like, find I need me. to work with That's you? That's important. If you want to work with me, I want to work with you. Uh, if you are ready to do some work in a comfortable, hopefully, maybe not always comfortable, but mm -hmm. supportive environment. Uh, with somebody who has got a little snark, I am here for you. Uh, so I mean, I feel like if you follow me, you'll like a I, little snark. Yeah, I like a little snark, and I hope that you do, too, if you're listening to this podcast. Uh, if you're still here, you probably do. So you can find me at Grow Forth Family Building. So it's like go forth, but you're growing forth. Grow Forth Family Building, uh, dot com or on Instagram at Grow Forth Family Building. If you are on TikTok, please don't bother. It's not a good place. I'm there, but you don't want it. You're Just not going to get any me. content. You'll, you'll see. You'll see. Kenzie. Yeah. If you have any interest, obviously donor conception, but adoption, surrogacy, fertility treatments, specifically around setting boundaries with your loved ones, uh, toxic positivity while you're on your pathway. Uh, and making really hard decisions in a eth as ethically based as possible. I am your gal and would love to talk to you. I am 100% virtual and I work with folks all over the world. And so I am very available. Um, can you anybody. work in all states? I can. So okay. because while I am a licensed social worker, I have a coaching license and I am not providing therapy. And so 
that way I am sort okay. of saying I am a social worker, but I am not acting as a social worker mm-hmm. in this relationship. I am acting as a family building coach. And so I can work with folks anywhere, uh, which was part of why I wanted to do coaching, because there is Got a it. real lack of resources in certain areas of this country what? and this world. And New York has lack a plethora of, of really good providers. And I think therapy is wildly important. Um, and I think there are people who do that really, really well. And I do coaching well. <laughs> so, you know, I take my therapy hat and I have all that knowledge but I, I take that hat off and I I am I do a lot more like mm, what you're talking about doing is is maybe not the most eth- ethical like let's look at all of this research yeah. as opposed to like how does that make you feel you know I think all there's there's room for both and there's room for all and I um, yeah I I kind of am a little bit more of a nudger when it comes to certain things than than therapy would allow me to I be. also so do I, I put that down I also have a lot of um, I do actually have a lot of uh, physicians who do watch me Mm -hmm. uh, because there are physicians out there who do want to learn and grow and and better their practice, which I fucking love. Me too. And um, I and I would love to just kind of throw it out there to them of like, I don't know, maybe you can like maybe Kenzie can be a reference. Yeah, please. Of like to maybe maybe throw out there please. if like some clients are showing you maybe maybe a little trauma, maybe yeah. a little maybe they may, struggling might struggling little... to make a decision and they're trying to use you to help them make the decision and you're like this is this is not my area. Ain't my lane. It's okay. Uh, I also provide professional services. So I do provide consulting. I will run events. Okay. I will sit in on, you know, a professional support group that's going on and, and do some chatting. I do all of that. Um I think there are some amazing professionals who are doing this work, and I always say I am not here to reinvent the wheel. I am here to support the wheel and make sure, you know, that I can help the road ahead of the wheel. And so if you – I'm, I'm are, here to destroy the wheel. Well, I'm you've just, got a good wheel to destroy. I, I, I'm destroying the, the wheel. Sa- yeah. The banks don't want to talk to me. Yeah. That's fine. They don't want to talk to me. Yeah. Are you kidding? <laughs> well, because you're trying to destroy the wheel. But, I, I'm pretty sure yeah. they've hired people to, like, be like, how do we make this as Laura-proof as possible? Oh, my God. How, do we which, have any cracks where she's going to come on in? I will yeah. say I will give this advice. Uh, I hate snakes. So, yeah. I mean, if you, you arm your... Your clinic, your cryobank with snakes. snakes. I'm not fucking going near right. that shit. There you go. That, that's that's the and way. And it would go with like the sperm look to have snakes. It's all. It, this is a good. You're helping them with their marketing by giving them I, this good idea. Yeah. But but that then. But then I'm also telling people if suddenly suddenly all their marketing is very snake esque, then you know that they are just trying to they're act, trying to avoid, avoid you. me, which also is a red flag. Yep. So red there flag. you go. Yep. I hate snakes. That's my thing. Absolutely. No, thank you. Yeah. I don't. Mm-mm. Yeah. So I'm here to support, obviously, folks going through this, but also organizations, nonprofits, professionals that are, you know, trying to figure out how to do this. Um, And also just uplift the voices. If if you come to me and you should be talking to somebody else, I'll uplift some other voices to you. So, you know, I'm here for all of that. Um, So you can find me there. My last final thoughts are thank you so much for having me. What a pleasure to be here and meet the Laura High. Oh, my God. That is uh, not deserved in the least bit. But thank you. I completely deserved. Uh, well, thank you. I appreciate it. And um, I, I I do genuinely believe that the work that you are doing in, on the ground with recipient parents right now does pay off in dividend and does create a huge ripple effect. And it means it's so great to hear that parents are seeking you out because they yeah. do. There are parents who are going, this doesn't smell right. Yeah. This bank, this clinic, they're like, I don't, this doesn't make 
sense. Right. They don't want me to ask any questions. Why is that? Why like, is that? Because mm, they don't want you to know the answers. They don't want you to ask questions. There's, then you come talk to me and we'll ask more questions. Yeah, yes. exactly. So it's, There's good work being done. I, I do genuinely believe, I think a lot of change is coming very soon, but I do think in like 10 years, I think we're going to be looking at a completely different landscape. I would love that. Wouldn't you love that? I, I genuinely think it's going to happen. I, I don't so. think this is going to be something where... I mean, I think that, you know, obviously the next generation DCP, I think they're going to make their own improvements. Oh, yeah. But I do think that they are going to be handed, I at least all the wood knocking, <laughs> I do think that it is going to be, it is going to be at least a different landscape. I hope I, it has improved from where we are today. And It, it wouldn't take yeah. much to make <laughs> even a simple improvement. I mean, again... Passing fertility fraud I, legislation. Like the most basic. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm always just like, it's so basic. Why wouldn't you love everything about that? It's the fact that I'm like that to me is always um, that's always the fight that I get in with um, with professionals um, about, you know, when when they sort of get in their toxic positivity moment and they're just like, we're doing so much change. Change is coming. We're fighting for like we're doing so great. And I'm like. You need accountability. And I'm like, bitches, you haven't even passed it fertility fraud legislation. You need to, like, stop patting yourself on the back and yeah. having this little circle jerk. Yeah. You didn't even do that. <laughs> you don't get any, yeah. any stars yeah. or trophies yet. No. What are you talking about? I'm with you. Your it's, industry it's sucks. The, it's the most basic one. It's the most basic one. And... Like, I just, I, I struggle to take anything seriously. If I you're know. like, nah, this is fine. Like, this is, we're all we're handling it. We're doing great. We're, we're making so much progress. Yeah. I'm like, and like, maybe you are in some areas. I really hope so. But like, we. Let's have a reality check. That's, yes. And like, let's ju just pass this one thing and then we can congratulate ourselves as schmidgy. And you didn't even start the race yet. You're still right. stretching. Yep. That doesn't. Your website says you are only seeking anonymous donors. Maybe update your your forms use racist terminology maybe you update your forms your like clinic has yeah. a bmi Ugh. uh has a has a bmi maximum right. to use fertility service like yep. go fuck yourself you mm -hmm. you haven't done shit yep we're making you, change we're gonna make change just it's, rattle it's, the fence. what what is that meme where it's like the the people like all getting awards and it's like the person in third place is the one like that's pouring champagne on themselves going like ah and like the first and second place is like what the fuck are you? that's what it feels yeah. like they do it's like that's what are so you funny. you did nothing <laughs> you did nothing yeah there is there's so much work to be done and to see individual families being like there's so much work to be done i'm going to make sure that as best i can do i'm gonna yeah. do it i'm like Okay, that's one less, you know, paycheck for that place. And yep. okay, like, you know, we're moving on. And so I just, I think like you've said, like just the grassroots efforts. The grassroots efforts. Of DCPs in general and those that love and support them and mm -hmm. bring them into the world, not the banks, but the RPs, mm -hmm. um, you know. It, it matters and it I think that this work is absolutely rippling and mattering and the I was not expecting so many RPs to reach out and be like potential RPs to reach out and be like how do I do this right yeah before they did it I was not expecting that when I started this and the fact that that's happening um, the consciousness is is is, 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 is is opening up it's heightening it's mm -hmm. leveling up I don't know that you're the vibration the frequency whatever the all right, of them whatever all of them. it is it's it's rising right. and there is a collective consciousness that's going like oh oh we screwed up here. Let's fix this. Yes, and um, let's not yeah. let's not screw up. Let's not continue as we're this. walking into this. Like, yeah, it's no. There's some good stuff happening, and it's yeah, it's very. Um, I was gonna say it's very heartening, as opposed to disheartening. Is heartening a verb? 
Sure. I'll go with uplifting, like we'll you said. Go, it's I, very uplifting. I'll, I, we're, you know what? We, Mag- we use MacGyver. Heartening is a word today. Hashtag heartening. heartening. We're heartening. We're heartening. Uh, it's heartening. It I, feels heartening. I heart it. I heart it. <laughs> Everybody, we've made we've made heartening uh, yep. an adjective. Verb. Verb. It's very heartening. Oh, shoot. This is where my... Dude, High I'm school a, English didn't I'm a stand-up comic. I take yeah, you no. You talk for a living. I make no, no. Well, I do, but at the same time, I'm like that should also tell you how I much do, of an I idiot I, I am. Talk, I talk for a living. Too. I mean, I'm a social worker, so I get it. I was. I always was like, don't expect me to do math. <laughs> I have a master's degree from Columbia, but I don't do math. <laughs> like, well, yep. on that note, I think we we absolutely uh, uh, you know all the credibility that we just built up. We're like, eh, we, it's yeah, it's heartening a verb. It's heartening I think a verb I think that's where we're gonna end it. Yep. Uh, thank you. You've Kenzie. learned a lot here. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Kenzie. Have a delightful day, and everybody listening, um, go and take care of yourself. And yes. as Kenzie said, um, your feelings are valid. Very valid. All, all they're valid. Of them. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.